to the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public sessions. To comply with the governor's proclamation declaring a state of emergency in Maryland to minimize the person-to-person -person spread of COVID-19, we ask that citizens stay home and watch the county commissioners meeting live on our QAC website at www.qac.org slash live or on QAC TV's television channel at Atlantic Broadband Cable channel 7 or 77. To maintain social distancing, seating will be restricted to invited presenters. If you have any respiratory symptoms such as fever, cough, and or shortness of breath, please refrain from attending the meeting and notify a health care provider. We are screening all meeting participants prior to entering the building. Press and public comment, however, is still encouraged. Citizens can join the live Zoom meetings by going to www.qac.org slash public comment, or citizens may email comments to publiccomment at qac.org, or you can leave a voicemail comment by calling 443-262-4601. We will be accepting comments up until approximately 6 p.m. Comments received will be read aloud during the press and public comment period on this evening's agenda. Citizens may also submit written testimony to the county commissioners by mail at 107 North Liberty Street, Centerville, Maryland, or by email at QAC Commissioners and Administrator at QAC.org. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Jim Moran. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. We're going to have a moment of silence for spring and hope it gets here and stays. Thank you. All right, thank you, commissioners. We just held a closed session under Section 3-305B1 of the General Provisions Article to discuss personnel, boards, and commissions, and under Section 3-305B3 of the General Provisions Article to discuss land acquisitions. Okay, first, we uh, did reach consensus on a number of boards and commission appointments. Would you want to go through those? Sure. Okay, first we had the Employee Awards Committee. Can I get a motion? Okay. I move to appoint Alan Toblib to a two-year term of the Employee Awards Committee to begin immediately and end December 31st, 2021. Second. A motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Next, we had um, the Ethics Commission appointment. We have one vacancy there and two applicants. I move to appoint Will Mullock as an alternate member to the Ethics Commission to fill the remaining unexpired term to begin immediately and end December 31st, 2024. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion there? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. Next, we have the Liquor Board appointment. All right. I Good. I'm sorry. I move to uh, reappoint... Uh, I'm sorry. I move to appoint... Uh, Gene Ransom to fill the remaining unexpired term of the Liquor Board to begin immediately 
and end on June 30th, 2022, and to reappoint John McQueenie for a four-year term in the Liquor Board to begin July 1st, 2020, and end on June 30th, 2024. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. And our last one for this evening is the Personnel Board. We have uh, two appointments there. Uh, I move to appoint, I guess it's Judy, right, first? Judy Corcorino to fill a remaining unexpired term on the Personnel Board to begin immediately and end December 31st, 2021, and to reappoint Jane Viserys to a four-year term. No, they're backwards. They're backwards. I'm sorry, Phil. I got you backwards. My apologies. Okay. Yeah. I'll start over. Yes, please. Thank you. I move to appoint Jane Viserys to fill a remaining unexpired term on the personnel board to begin immediately and end December 31st, 2021, and reappoint Judy Corcorino to a four-year term on the personnel board to begin immediately and end June 30th, 2024. Second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So I'm uh, just recused as to Judy and in favor for Jane. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Get that, March. That one abstention on Judy. Very good. All right, thank you, Commissioners. And we had one land acquisition item. We have uh, the detention center um, proposed property acquisition, and this is the uh, vacant property adjacent to the county detention center, which is needed for our expansion project out there. It's about 6.3 acres. We had a number uh, of appraisals ranging from 130,000 to over 275, 275,000, and we offered the town 160,000, and they accepted that offer. So, can I get a motion on that, please? I move to purchase 6.413 acres from the town of Centerville in the amount of $160,000. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right, thank you, Commissioners. All right, so next we have, if you want to turn to tab number two, we have uh, the Department of Public Works here this evening. Minutes. Minutes. minutes and, uh, agenda. minutes. Excuse me. Yeah. You're right. Uh, let's see here. Yes, we have um, the agenda for today's meeting, May the 12th, and the regular and closed session minutes from your April 28th meeting and the regular meeting minutes from your May 5th meeting, along with the Roads Board and Sanitary Commission meeting minutes from your April 14th meeting, were distributed electronically for review. Were there any additions and or corrections? No. Good. Can we get a motion to? I move approved. All. Second. Second. We have a motion and a second approved. Agenda and the minutes. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. All right, now we can turn to tab two for the Department of Public Works, and we have three items from DPW tonight. So I think Mr. Quimby is out there, um, or Mr. Edgar. I don't know who's coming in first. Okay, there he Mr. Is. Lee Edgar, Chief of Engineering. Good evening, Commissioners. This is uh, Good evening, the Lee. first item is Historic Courthouse Exterior Paint Trim and Repair Contract. So... Get a motion on that. 
I move to award the historic courthouse exterior paint and trim and repair construction contract to Colossus Contractors, <coughs> Inc. of Burtonsville, Maryland, in the amount of $64,360, and authorize the Director of Public Works to issue the notice of award and execute the contract on behalf of the County Commissioners. Second. Okay, for discussion. Well, uh, Commissioners, uh, this year the historic courthouse is 224 years old, and it's my understanding that the last time it enjoyed a fresh coat of paint was <laughs> uh, when Mr. Mon was the engineer. So it's, it's been a little while, and as you can see, it's peeling. Prior to the COVID but situation... But the courthouse is peeling, or Todd Mon is peeling? <laughs> Both. Courthouse. <laughs> Both. Both, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, we had put this out to bid prior to the uh, COVID-19 situation, uh, but nonetheless uh, went through the public procurement. Uh, you see the bids there. Uh, the scope of work involves removal of the gutters and downspouts, the shutters, all a pertinent trim, prepping, doing proper uh, lead remediation and such, and applying new paint, repaint, and reinstalling the gutters and downspouts and getting it looking good again. So. Uh, Colossal Contractors is the uh, lowest bidder, and uh, it looks like they'd be poised to do a good job for us. Any questions? Have we ever had to? Have we ever used them for anything else, or is this the first time they've, they've done work for us? Uh, they had done some work for the sanitary district uh, within the last couple of years, okay. and uh, I understand they did a good job with that. Okay. We had phoned two other references as well, and they all spoke very highly of their work. Perfect. Lee, check and see they have a lead permit because they need to have that for... Thank you, Commissioner. Yep, that was a requirement that we put in uh, in order to be a qualified bidder. They had to be EPA certified for uh, for lead removal, and, and this contractor is, and he provide the appropriate documentation. Cool. Very good. Any other questions? Okay, seeing none, we're moving uh, toward the historic courthouse exterior paint, trim, and repair construction contract to Colossal Contractors Incorporated of Burtonsville, Maryland, in the amount of $64,360, and authorize the Director of Public Works to issue the notice of award and execute the contract on behalf of the County Commissioners. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioners. Thank you, Lee. Um, Next, we have an informational item uh, from uh, Steve Cahoon, reduction in traffic volumes. This is our traffic counters for the COVID-19 state of emergency. Take this care, is a Lee. report that we uh, put together. And um, I know we have some graphics. Do you want to try to get that up? Yeah, well, I, yeah I'm watching for you. Yep. Steve? COVID-19 traffic impacts right there, and just uh, target Bay Bridge people. Yep. Can you cycle through anything? No. No, that... Uh, okay. Shall we get... Started or wait yeah, sure. for Jim. 
Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Ahead, okay. Thank you. Um, the county commissioners last month uh, signed the SHA MDOT tour letter, um, and during that conversation, there were questions about the trends of traffic pattern and traffic patterns, and how traffic's been impacted by COVID-19, and requested a regular update on that. Um, so, so far, we've tracked two months of our traffic counters. We have traffic counters in four main locations, um, US 50 at the Bay Bridge, US 50 at Carmichael Road, US 301 at Galena Road, which is Maryland 313, um, close, closer to the Delaware line, and then US 301 at Del Roads Avenue in Queenstown. And what we did is we went back and compared um, the 2020 traffic counts to 2018 and 2019. Um, the chart up on the screen represents the, the traffic counts for three different years. Um, blue is 2018, yellow 2019, and the COVID red color is the 2020 traffic counts. Um, and so we're pulling it. Um, and then from left to right, the chart represents the um, time lapse from the beginning of March to the end of April. And as you can see, in the beginning of March, traffic patterns and traffic counts were fairly consistent for all three years. As the um, state of Maryland went into state emergency on March 5th, um, you could begin to see the red line separate from the historical trends and then begin to um, take a downward decrease. And overall, what we've seen is as more restrictions went into place, we saw 25 30%, 40% reduction in daily traffic at all four counter locations. Um, ultimately, with all the restrictions in place in April, uh, we saw approximately a 50% decrease in traffic during the weekdays and up to 75% decreased traffic on the weekends. And that's a fundamentally different traffic pattern with the restrictions in place than, than what we've seen in previous years. Um, uh, with the um, restrictions in place, what we saw was weekdays being our highest travel times and weekends with the stay-at-home order in place, um, reduction in traffic by 60 to 70 percent. As opposed to in 2018 and 2019, our busiest travel days were Sundays, and the, um, the highest travel volumes always occurred on Sundays. So, you know, for the last two, two years, our highest travel days were uh, weekends. Now, with this in place, it's, it's our lowest uh, travel period. And if you look at the, how it's graphed out, you can actually see the dips and p pick out the weekends um, for the change in traffic volumes. So um, our counter at, in Queenstown around the outlet center obviously saw a large change um, with the outlet center being closed. That was one of the biggest uh, changes we noticed. But also up on 301 um, at Galena Road, Maryland 313, we saw Sunday traffic go down. Um, that's the highest reduction uh, we've seen. It was traffic at that location go down about 80% on Sundays. So um, very different traffic pattern. And keep in mind, the, these, these numbers are highway traffic. These are numbers on 50 and 301, as opposed to like the small local trips that people may be doing to get to the grocery store or something. But the through traffic, um, we've, we've seen a, a pretty big change in reduction. And we'll continue to track that. Um, next, next month, we'll come back and show you what, what happened in May um, and see how that corresponds with economic issues and work issues and um, restrictions issues. in place, health issues, yes.
Any, any questions? Any questions? Very good. Thank you, Steve. Yep. Thank yep. you. I want to thank Steve. I think these these charts, these graphs, really display the uh, the impact pretty clearly in terms of over that month's period. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a big big difference out there. So how it impacted Thanks. so many people so quickly. It did. All right. Thank you, Steve. All right, commissioners. If you want to turn to um, item three on page thirteen, we have the Graysonville Hospitality Management Training as Denny's Restaurant Public Works Agreement Amendment. Afternoon, Commissioners. Afternoon. Uh, as Todd indicated, what we have before you is an amendment to a public works agreement with Graysonville Hospitality Management, who's the one who developed the Denny site, and in so doing, they had to extend a water main. And if you recall, sometimes we have a uh, provision in the public works agreements that when they have to extend a water main, there's a, what we call a water rebate provision. If people connect onto their water main for a certain period of time, we give them half the allocation fees to try to offset some of that cost, and that's what this would do. Can we get a motion? I move to execute the Public Works Agreement Amendment Number 1 with Graysonville Hospitality Management, LLC, to set the parameters of the water rebate program. Second. We have a motion to second. Any other discussion? Any questions? Do they already have somebody else that's a one house along Station Lane connected? That's connected now? Yes. And anybody looking to, to connect? In a, Not to my so. knowledge. We had quite a bit of interest when the pipe was going in, but nobody's really stepped up other than this one person. Really? Hmm. But they have 10 years, so maybe something will happen for them. What happens in 10 years? Yeah, the program's done. So if somebody connects in the 11th year, they get nothing. Yeah. If they collect in the 11th year, what happens? If somebody connects in the 11th year, yeah. they would get nothing. You mean the hospitality would get nothing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But it still costs whoever connects the same amount of money. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't right. hurt them. It hurts the sanitary a little bit, but, you know, we get pipe for free. So it's, right. It's a, okay. um, we're on the subject, um, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a question brought up <clears throat> to me, and I, I didn't know the answer, and I thought perhaps maybe you could help us out. I know that that there are folks that own small plazas and malls, I mean, uh, small plazas and strip plazas and, and things of that nature. And their businesses, their tenants' businesses are closed. Are we doing anything to help um, subsidize? In other words, they're built into their, their rents is, you know, water and sewer costs. They're, they're passing that on to their tenant. And since their tenants aren't paying because they're not open, and these landlords are working out a deal with them to defer their rents until they can open their businesses and start making money again. I guess my question is, are we doing the same as a county um, when it comes to the expectation that these landlords, these plaza owners, if you will, when it comes time to pay their water and sewer bills, are we are we working with them? Well, if you remember, one of the earlier executive orders that uh, Governor Hogan issued was to waive interest and penalties going forward, which mm-hmm. we've, obviously we've done that in accordance with him. You can go beyond that if you wish. That's really something for you all to discuss. But at this point in time, the only thing we've done is uh, waive interest and penalties. Now, if they're on water, then obviously their bill's down anyways because they're not consuming There's no lot of, lot of usage But there. if they're not on water, it's a, it's a little difficult, more difficult for them. Okay, so if they reach out to us and say, I can't pay me water, my, my, my sewer and my water bill, 
like for whatever reason I can't pay it. We're, is there a bubble, you know, with, when we come out of COVID that they're going to have to pay? Uh, um, and, and it'll now. be it'll be interest and penalty free. Yes. They just have to make themselves right um, and current at that point. Probably the question you need to talk about in my mind would be the tax sale implications at the end of the year, which I can't help you with that one. You do that and you're coming perilously close to remediating taxes. Sure. Okay, but I mean, w w as a county, we're willing to work with with I these landowners. I would certainly recommend waiving the interest and penalties until they get back on their feet. I, that doesn't really hurt the county, but you got to do it for everybody. You just can't do it for businesses. Sure. So you got to do it for everybody, sure. every customer. Which I think we could sustain that. I mean, I, I just know that if folks are reaching out to their, you know, to their mortgage companies and reaching out to their power companies, and and and, the, and those entities are working with the homeowner. You know. Um, I just was curious what we're doing for those landowners that have these these strip malls and plazas that and, and there's no revenue coming in and from. And homeowners that have been laid off as well. Okay. But the question in my mind is what happens at the end of the year when tax sale implications kick in? I don't Meaning at the like, end of the year they don't. They, they haven't paid. They right, haven't right. made their they payments. Go to, they go onto a tax sale list. Right. And, that, and, of course, that's something that we as commissioners – Need to consider mm -hmm. uh, giving some leniency there. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, we got, well, we're not done yet. So, does anybody else have any questions? Uh, seeing none, we are moving to execute the Public Works Agreement Amendment Number One with Graysonville Hospitality Management LLC to set the parameters of the water rebate program. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? I'm sorry, Jim. Somebody. I thought we had already voted on that. No, no, no. We just took the motion. I apologize. That's cool. No worries. Thank you, Commissioners. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Quimby. Thank you, Commissioners. Okay, Commissioners, if you want to move to uh, tab number three, we have uh, some action items for your consideration tonight. Uh, first, we have uh, several proclamations. The first, the first one, one is the okay. Mental Health Awareness Month. It's on page one, item one, tab three. I think this would probably be appropriate for me to read. <laughs> All yours, Commissioner Gmail. Yes. No comment, Jack. Uh, Proclamation, Mental Health Awareness Month, May 2020. Whereas the mental health of every citizen is essential to the emotional and economic prosperity of our families, communities, and businesses in Queen Anne's County. And whereas mental health is a key component of every individual's overall physical health and emotional well-being. And whereas mental illness affects people of all ages, races, ethnicity, and income levels in Queen Anne's County. And whereas mental health conditions are not only common, they are treatable and early effective intervention can save the trajectories of people living with mental illness. Whereas feelings of personal shame and fears of social stigma and discrimination prevent many living with mental illness from seeking help. And whereas untreated mental illness leads to higher rates of emergency department visits, hospitalizations, school dropouts, and suicides. And whereas stigma leads to fear, mistrust, and violence against people with mental illness who are significantly more likely to be victims than perpetrators of violent crimes. And whereas stigma can be reduced by increasing the awareness of mental illness and available resources 
for those suffering from mental health conditions. And whereas a greater public awareness about mental illness can positively transform attitudes about and towards people with mental illness, making it easier for the citizens of Queen Anne's County to seek help. Now, therefore, we, the county commissioners of Queen Anne's County, do hereby declare May 2020 Mental Health Month. We call on all citizens, agencies, private institutions, businesses, and schools in Queen Anne's County to commit to increasing awareness of mental health and to recognize the necessities of accessible and appropriate mental health services for all citizens of Queen Anne's County, signed by your Queen Anne's County Commissioners. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Dimino. Well read. Okay, next uh, item number two on page two, we have Older Americans Month 2020. I'll read this. Wait, wait, older Americans. I think Stevie I'm, should read this one. Uh, I, well, <laughs> the glasses on, don't do it. Hold on. I've been waiting all year. <laughs> My man, fire away. It's the shorter one, though. <laughs> that's, I knew that's it's a memory thing. I'll give you the next one. How about that? The long one. <laughs> Did you tell me to do it? Yes, sir. I asked you. He can't remember. See? Memory. <laughs> that's wrong. Proclamation. We're at around the nation. Older adults make their marks every day as volunteers, employees, employers, parents, grandparents, mentors, and advocates. They offer their time, talents, and experience to the benefit of our communities, and whereas Queen Anne's County includes a number, a growing number of older Americans who make countless contributions to our community every day. And whereas Queen Anne's County is stronger when people of all ages, abilities, and backgrounds are included and encouraged to make their mark, and whereas Queen Anne's County recognizes the importance of the physical, mental, social, and emotional well-being of its citizens, and Queen Anne's County can support our community members by promoting independence, inclusion, and participation, engaging older adults through education, recreation, and service, and connecting peoples with opportunities to share their time, experience, and talents. Now, therefore, we, the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County, do hereby proclaim May 2020 to be Older Americans Month and urge every resident to recognize older adults and the people who support them as essential members of our community by the Queen Anne's County Board of Commissioners. Thank you very much. Sir. There you go. And we're going to leave the last one, the pillar of the month for May. Because <laughs> I'm caring, I get to read about you it. You are. I got it. You are. All right. You got a big heart. Everybody else here is stone cold, so this is for me. All right. Pillar of the month for May, caring. This is Proclamation 20-27. Whereas almost 20 years ago, Queen Anne's County was declared a character counts community, and we as citizens were encouraged to come together and build a strong community based on the six pillars of character. And whereas all citizens throughout these years have worked so hard to embrace the six pillars of character and incorporate them into their daily activities and to model these traits of good character. And by doing so, we have created this healthy, safe, and secure place for our families. And whereas the character counts pillar of the month of May is caring, and we, as the citizens of Queen Anne's County, in the midst 
of this unprecedented national emergency created by the COVID-19 virus have really seen our character counts. Communities stand up during this challenge and show that caring is essential at a time like this. And whereas in Queen Anne's County, we see and feel the spirit of character counts in the entire county uniting with an overabundance of kindness, showing they care, helping those in need, being thankful, and expressing gratitude. And whereas caring are the many organizations throughout our community that have stepped up and bonded together and continue to provide food to anyone and everyone here in Queen Anne's County so our citizens will not worry about the basic human need. And whereas caring are those who help others however they can by volunteering their time or resources, shopping for those who cannot get out, for making and distributing masks for our community, and for just being a friend during these uncertain times. And whereas caring are the schools and the teachers who have stepped up and adapted to distance learning so our children can continue to learn and to character counts coaches that have resumed virtual character counts lessons so we may continue to instill and highlight these important values in our youth. And whereas caring is being thankful and grateful for the frontline workers here in Queen Anne's County and everywhere for doing what they do day after day, trying to save lives and keep us safe and provided for. Now, therefore, we, the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County, do hereby designate the Character Counts Pillar of the Month of May to be caring and call upon all of Queen Anne's County citizens at this time to stay home, be safe, and continue to join together and support the six pillars of character. Thank you very much. Well Appreciate done. that. That was touchingly Take done. a sip here. Very good. Okay, moving on. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Corcorina. Very well done. Item four on page five is Village at Slippery Hill request for support of phase two. And we have uh, Mike Clark here and representatives from Green Street Housing, Tom Ard, to um, go over this with you. Go. Good evening. Good evening. One more time. One more time. So why don't you explain, so those people at home watching this, uh, what this is that you're asking of the county and the commissioners and how it affects the county and how it affects your project. So as everybody may know who drives by, uh, the first phase at the Village of Slippery Hill, uh, which includes 66 apartments, is uh, nearing construction. We should have our first CO this week. And, I, and my apologies, uh, your, Slippery Hill is the development that's across from the emergency center on at Nesbitt. Nesbitt Road, and you are? Uh, my name's Tom Aid. I'm with Green Street Housing. I'm an owner and developer of the project. Thank you. Okay. Um, so we are um, nearing nearing completion. Um, we should be um, having uh, folks moving into the units within the next 30 days. Um, and um, the project was approved for 185 units, um, which would include some senior housing, um, another 66 uh, units of family housing. And um, so we are in the planning phases now that the first phase is underway. Uh, we're in the planning phases of applying for financing with the state of Maryland for the development of the senior housing building, which is 54 units, and the 66-unit phase two of family housing. And so um, in 2012, we requested support of the commissioners in the form of a payment in lieu of taxes and it was approved and, and um, for the first phase and for the subsequent phases, this payment in lieu of taxes will be in place to reduce the tax burden, the property tax burden for the property by $200 per unit. And so um, that is, uh, you know, it, it expresses a strong commitment by the county 
um, to the state, and the state awards um, competitive points. Um, so it, it helps meet their criteria um, and overall supports the project and increases the likelihood of receiving the funding for it. So for the second phase, which is a family, we intend to pursue um, the competitive tax credits again, and um, we, we hope to uh, also receive the $200 per unit uh, discount on the property taxes that we'll receive there. Um, and then um, on the senior housing building, it's a different type of financing, but still serving uh, the low-income populations. Um, and it, it relies more heavily on debt than in um, inequity through the sale of the tax credits. And, um, you know, we, we're coming to the county for additional deeper support for that in the form of, of uh, an increased amount of per unit reduction in property taxes um, so that we can support more financing on the project and make it, make it real. Um, so in this case, um, you know, the, the support, obviously, it, it, it extends to, to the state and, and sees that the county stands behind the project. So what does that, I mean, you know, I, I guess for everybody that's possibly watching at home, um, the, the payment in lieu of taxes uh, is, is a reduction in the property tax, as you said, per unit of approximately $200. So that, that money, is that a reduction in the, in the rent for those individuals? How does that work in the end user? I mean, this, I know it helps you get points if the, it shows the county's commitment that you, you want workforce housing and, you know, what, what the product that you're putting out there. But does that get... I mean, how does that work to the end user, or does it not? So the, the end user's rents are established by um, a third party, an independent market study. Mm -hmm. And so um, we'll, the, the professional surveys the market area and sees what is achievable and what can be, um, what, can be uh, well, what, what should be set for the market area. And it, it gives us the opportunity to um, target some uh, lower income tenants as well as uh, you know, the mix of uh, less than 60% of area median income. So we, we can target um, slightly deeper um, tranches of income um, individuals and families. Um, it also gives us the opportunity to raise additional financing resources um, to make the project happen in the first place. So when you, when you look at it, it will be both an opportunity for us to reduce, um, reduce rents and to uh, raise additional um, financing. So this, this phase that you're, you're coming in for, you said that was for families? Yes. Phase, family units? Phase two will be 66 family units. So the, the units that you have now, are they family units now? Yes. Okay, so it's the same thing. Same thing. Same thing. So the aging, the elderly population. Yeah. So the first phase consists of, of 32 townhomes uh -huh. and 34 apartments. And the apartments are above, are in a mixed-use building. Right. Um, the second phase will be all townhomes. So those apartments are. I think you have some one and two bedroom apartments. Yes. Is are you? What is the, what is that rent for? Is it just like? Or is that um, our, our range is probably going to be um, a, a range of say three fifty to thirteen hundred dollars between one bedrooms at the lowest income tier and three bedrooms at the. At, so I'm saying, uh, but you have to qualify for these. Those you do, the, and that's yeah. I mean I think I'm trying to get that out that the public understands that, that you know you have to you know if your income is up here you're not going to qualify for some of these you know brand new units and, and that's the reason behind it and, and I, that, I that's correct it's it the 
the, the majority of, of the first phase, for example, um, is serving uh, incomes less than or equal to 60% of the area median income. Right. We have some mixed income units there. We have some mixed income units there whereby you don't have to um, meet the, the income threshold. Um, but the lion's share, um, say, uh, so the new 90% are, or 89% are, are... So the second phase, is, is that... It will be income restricted, right. and it will be targeting families at or below 60% of the area median income. So you've got how many units right now that are completed? 66. And out of those, how many are rented? So I've been hearing stories that you're pretty much filled up. I'm not going to go that far. Okay. Especially not on the record. Um, we have um, we've received 85 applications that are in process. Uh-huh. Um, it, uh, 17 are approved for move-in, uh-huh. um, and 38 are pending. Are pending. Very good. Uh, the others are working their way through the the um, qualification process. Very where are we where, where are you finding that the tenants? that are applying for these units are coming from? I'm not prepared to answer that question right now. So you have no idea where they're all coming from? I don't know where they're coming from. Okay. Would you, That's a would you make a guess at what percent your rents are below what market would be? Yeah, they're um, quite a few hundred dollars below what the market rent is for the, for the highest rent unit. Um, on the site. question. I have no idea what. Um, you, we might see a you might see a three bedroom uh, market rent around seventeen hundred dollars, and we we would see our our sixty percent units at about thirteen hundred dollars. Okay. Good. So you know, Commissioner Dumino brought up a good point. You know, this was all intended to be, for all intentional purposes, workforce housing. I don't want to use the term low income. I mean, I know there's another term, and I, I always forget that. But for Queen Anne's County citizens, because we're given a tax break. And I, I think, is there a way to do that? Is there a way, you know, to say first come priority is residents of Queen Anne's County from within the county? I can tell you that we've not marketed the site anywhere. So um, and to, to that say right? that there's no signs on the highway in Anne Arundel County. Okay. Um, there's no signs on the highway in Talbot County. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that the lion's share of the folks know about the site. They drive by. Um, the majority of our tenants have come through walk-in traffic. So I don't have any reason to believe that we're not serving the Mike, are the you finding Queen folks County. calling your office to inquire about um, this project? They're, they're calling our office to inquire about this project and any project they can find. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a big need for rental houses. And then oftentimes we had a call last Monday. I had a call um, a person that their landlord has decided not to be a landlord anymore and she does not want to leave Queen Anne's County. Um, and that is a that's a big problem because there's just not a lot of rental stock in Queen Anne's County compared gotcha. to the surrounding counties. But but I think if we look at it, even say they come from Caroline County, but they work at the Narrows, and which that's is fun job. Yeah, right. you know. Right. But now they become a Queen Anne's County taxpaying resident, so it really the, right. the kind of offset's going to be there for mm-hmm. it. So that's what I'm saying. If they're working at the Narrows or something, and this is affordable and it's closer for them to get, you know, if they're in it or look at whatever the case may be, I think it's, it's right. a great and that's, fit. And that's, for and that's a basically lot of that. the crux of my question, Jack, was, you know, we do, we get that. You know, when you, you speak to some of our county employees, DES and, and teachers and, and folks that work in law enforcement, it's like, you know, where do you live? Well, I live here because I can't afford to live there. And I would much rather live in Queen Anne's County where I work, but I can't afford it. So, 
that, that was really the direction my question was going yeah. is, is that we finding the folks that are reaching out to you are the folks that live in other counties that but work here and, and want to live here. But we're getting that out. We're getting that message out, right, Mike? Yes. Good. Oh, yeah. Well, our, our staff are chomping at the pit for them to open up, as is Kathy Willis, the Department of Aging, too, for this new phase. She's Good. very When are you expecting the first people to move in? Um, this month. The first, the first building will be, should be, uh, we'll be giving notice within the next two weeks for folks to move in. So under our current COVID situation, how's that going to work out as far as folks moving in and the social distancing and... So we've, we, this is a, we've got a whole new set of, uh, of guidelines that we're following. Um, we, we did have an initial fallout on our, on our application list as a result of, of some folks that might not have uh, had employment to qualify or had to change their, their situations right off the bat. Um, the, the wait list and, and interest still remains very high. Um, but in terms of moving in, there'll be uh, assigned, assigned time slots okay. um, for when the tenants will move in. It'll slow the period of time in which that building becomes actually occupied slightly, um, but it'll be very controlled. There's, uh, you know, there's it's an elevator access building, so we want to be really cautious and, and careful about social distancing as, as folks are Good. moving in. Uh, the one other thing I'll mention is is that um, the, when we when we talk about phase two and we talk about the next step is that the, there is uh, what we're calling technically phase two is the 66 family units, but we are um, we want to pursue phases two and three. Three being the the 54 unit senior building um, that will serve low income seniors, um, and so the, w- our goal is to pursue them both at the same time rather than finish one then move on to the next. Do you have a property management company that runs it separate, or do you guys? We do. We have a property management company, TM Associates. It's an affiliate of uh, one of my partners in the ownership. I would say one last just general remark, and that is having lived in New York City where they had quite a lot of income-restricted property, which gradually over time drifted into much more affluent people who over time got there. Are th- will there be any future reviews of income requirements or sublet agreements or whatever those other circumnavigation of the original point was? So um, there's an annual recertification program with regard to tenant income and the, the number of ten- tenants in the household. And, am I right? Is there like a 40-year agreement? That it, you- there, yeah, there's a 40-year use commitment on the um, provision of of um, the low-income housing tax credit income limits. Thank you. Well, we sh- you know what? We don't have a motion. Somebody like to make a motion. There's, um, there's two of them. There should, on, be, there two should be two of them. Move to sign the payment in lieu of taxes resolution authorize the county administrator to sign the payment in lieu of taxes agreement between Queen Anne's County and a special purpose entity or entities to be formed to own and develop the property. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? So I have a question, um, and, and, and you may have answered it, and I apologize if I didn't catch it, but um, the phase one and phase two are getting the $200 um, credit. You're asking for 400 for the senior units. That's correct. Okay. And can you explain to me and the TV audience why uh, a substantial increase yeah, the nature of the financing that will finance the family units um, is a deeper subsidy that comes from the state and the tax credit program. 
Okay. Um, the there is a tax credit program associated with the senior building. However, it's a much reduced um, amount of, of tax credits that are provided from the state and, and tax credits. So we have to rely on the, uh, the debt, or I'm sorry, of the, the revenues from the property and or our ability to offset expenses. So phase three, well, you're, you're going to planning and zoning for phase two and phase three, same time? Yes. Okay. So for phase three, which is the 54 senior units, when, when do you anticipate you'll be breaking ground and completing those? So our our hope, and um, our uh, we don't have a signed uh, qualified allocation plan from the governor this year yet, though we expect that we'll be having a financing, a competition round that will have applications due in late summer or fall, provided we receive uh, funding in 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 that round. Then we'll be um, we'll be bringing those t- uh, phase two and three for formal site plan approval, engineered site plan approval. Um, over the course of the months that follow that. So I'd, I'd like to say, you know, within 12 months to, to 18 months of today, okay. um, we would be pursuing that. Okay. Very good. All right. Any other questions? All right. So we're moving to sign the payment in lieu of taxes resolution and authorize the county administrator to sign the payment in lieu of taxes agreement between Queen Anne's County and a special purpose entity. All those in uh, Oh wait! A special form of entity or entities to perf- to be formed to own and develop the property. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. So moved. Now there's a second motion. Uh, somebody would like to read that one. Um, motion two. We move to sign the enclosed letter addressed to the secretary Holt of the Maryland Department of Housing and Community Development in support of the Green Street Housing housing effort to receive low-income housing tax credit for the next phase of the Slippery Hill development. Second. Any other discussion on that? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay, commissioners, if you want to turn to um, item 5 on page 16. This is the 2020 Comprehensive Plan Update um, contract for the replacement contract. Can I get a motion on that, please? You want them in here first, or you want to? I'll the motion. I move to hire Wallace Montgomery and Associates LLP and to enter into a contract for their services to update the 2020 Queen Anne's County Comprehensive Plan and authorize Planning Director Mike Wisnowski to sign the contract on behalf of the county commissioners. I further move that the county adjust its budget to accommodate this contract. Second. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Okay, seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Very good. All right, thank you, commissioners. Item six on page 84. This is a um, repeat item. This is from uh, Howard Uniform Company. This is... Uh, the detention center uniform bid, and um, there was a uh, conversation about this. Yeah, I think, I think this was yeah. was stalled until we could find out if they would be willing to, or the possibility of ordering from the two different vendors, mm-hmm. because one was cheaper on certain parts of on it. certain parts of it than the other. But apparently, that can't be done. Yeah, that cannot be done. So we would recommend going with the Howard Uniform Company. They are the lowest bidder overall. 
I'll make the motion just because I'm probably the one that stalled it. It's your fault. <laughs> I move the bid uh, be awarded to Howard Uniforms for correctional officers' uniforms. Second. Motion and a second. Any more discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Somebody. Thank you for doing that research. Todd. Okay, Commissioners, item number seven on page 89. This is a sole source, sole source procurement from Carousel Airbus. This is for the new uh, Vesta 911 telephone system. Uh, it is fully grant funded at $1.657 million through the numbers board. Very good. Can I get a motion on that, please? I move to approve a sole source procurement and authorize the Director of Department of Emergency Service to execute a contract with Carousel Industries to provide a Vesta 911 phone system totaling for one million six hundred fifty-seven thousand fifty-three dollars and thirty-three cents. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? It's all grant money. It's all paid for. It's all paid for by somebody else, and thank goodness for that. So, <laughs> any other discussion? Any questions? Chief, standing there. Seeing none. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. <laughs> so moved. Thank you. Nice to see you, Scott. You were on the hot seat last week, yeah. two weeks ago, Scott. So I'll give you a break on this one. Thanks for remembering that. <laughs> All right, thank you, Commissioners. <laughs> Moving right along on page uh, 90, number 8, is the uh, uh, 2020 fireworks event. And this is uh, an action item to decide how we want to proceed with this year's Come on in, Steve. fireworks display at the Kenton Arrows. Got Steve Chandler, so director. should we make a motion, obviously, before we go into discussion? Or? No, I'm oh, okay. this was if you want to. That's to cancel them. So, okay. Right now they're on. So, so who else? Who's on and who's off on the midshore? I will. Joan, Joan <laughs> had made contact with um, our Zambelli representative, and she gave her a list of uh, okay. towns. So good evening. Right now it's half and half. Um, Rock Hall has not made a determination yet. Uh, on the Western Shore, they all have been counseled, and um, I couldn't get in contact with uh, Talbot County or um, Ocean City. Um, the dilemma is with a lot of the um, municipalities that are counseling is because the f fire departments are the ones that sponsor the fireworks, and due to their fundraising, which normally or lack, lack, lack of fundraising <laughs> in March. That's why a lot of them are counseling okay. right now. Um, the majority of them Sounds are pushing it either back with hopes that they can have it or counseling it. And we are fortunate enough that I did talk to them today that they that they're not going to hold us to that May 15th date because we all know that we're probably will go into phase one phase two and they're going to push it to June 1st oh. if we decide to postpone until next year uh, we will have the same price and we will not lose any funds that our deposit that we have put down oh. I've been working with them a lot wow great good job well, I guess two extra weeks I mean my question is as a group, I think we want to we want to move forward with yes. the fireworks. Yes. Some some you know I mean we enough is enough. So my question would be if we got to July June 30th and they're coming out to set up everything and the governor comes out either June 30th or earlier and says no fireworks, who's liable then to pay? I mean because that's not us stopping them. That's an outside 
source. I mean, is there an act of God in this contract? What? I don't. I'm not sure about an act of God right. clause in there. You know, there is, there is a clause as we get closer and closer to like that five day. There's a um, really a, a transportation fee that you'd have to pay for right. transporting everything, and then um, probably the rest of the the contract, the penalties would go into effect because. In my opinion, the way I see it is um, Zambelli is giving us an option right now to make a, a definitive decision without penalty mm-hmm. to either push it to They've say, extended October, that November, two weeks. December, or you, know, you can go ahead and go to next year, pick a date without missing a beat, no price increase, your balance is, is the same, and you can go ahead and give us two more weeks. Yeah, we'll sit on it and right. see. That's, That's it. good news yeah. that they'll give us two more weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I, we make this decision. Well, we, and again, I think there's at least three of us that want fireworks and, and want to do that. Four of us. Anyways. Okay. Okay. Five of us. So I guess right now we're going to hold off and, we'll, you know, if, if we'll weeks. wait till the next meeting and yeah. we'll see right what happens. Right now we want them. Because, you we're know, I mean, something could happen in, in, in two weeks from now, you know, and when we meet again. And, you know, but and the, today's that makes it very feasible. Right. Yeah, but today's conference call with, with, with the governor, he, he, you know, I asked him the question about fireworks. I said, you know, what are you going to do? He says, well, we don't know. You know, that's still too far away. But that's really because of crowds. That's part of phase three. Right. And he, he doesn't think we're going to be in phase three by July one, which makes sense. But, you know, then again, he might be relaxing things to allow local health officers and to governing bodies call. to make those decisions. So, you know, maybe we'll see, see if there's any latitude in the next two weeks and find out how the, how things go with And the, the, the crowd issue is different than if you're in Montgomery County or Howard Absolutely. County where everybody's sitting in a big field to watch right. it. A lot of our people go out in the boats or they watch from their houses. Oh, right. and so Cars. we can be socially distant and enjoy the fireworks. The people need to see the fireworks. So, I agree. I remember years ago, they used to, you used to park in your car when they were at the Narrows yeah. anyway. You yeah. didn't do all the, you know, the Heritage Center. Sit in the back of the car. That whole festival it. is what really brought that out. If you cancel that, I'm, most people are going to sit in their cars like they used to years ago. So, so, right. so then would you go ahead and um, decide to, like, block off the Narrows or the visitor center so people can't get down there? And then just allow people to either watch in the parking lots or from their boats or what have you. Uh, well, yeah, we, we, have, we would. There would be, be no moon bounce. There would be no band. Right, there would be right. no food. There would be right. no concessions. When those parking slots right. were filled, right. you just close it off. Right. So if we have if we have twenty five or thirty spots there, you know the first twenty five thirty are in, and then after that. You got to find another place to watch them from. You also know that those twenty five or thirty, when they get out of the car. They're going to get together just like a bunch of little. Well, kids. but I think well, we, I think, I think we could start messaging saying there's no reason to leave your vehicles as far as you know. You, you know, pull up 30 minutes before they're going to go off. I mean, you can get out of your vehicle, but you know, the, the people got to be smart. They they got to understand that they they take the risk when they do that. So plus, we typically have a pretty sizable law enforcement presence there that can remind people. And by remind, I mean arrest people, but remind them, look, if you want to ruin things like this in this time, then go ahead and be an idiot and go out there and stand in groups of 50. But if you want to be able to continue to open things up and do things in a smart manner, then just We have to show we deserve it. For right now. I mean... Have you... you Temperatures. Jamal's parking lot, that that property there. I was just ready to address that. So if we do, then I need to... um, start implementing the process to secure his parking lot. Um, and then that would be one area that they could park in. Park and watch. And park and watch. Yeah. You know, we, we, we would have to secure that. Please him. do. Yeah. And we would just have to make sure that nobody would be able to walk down the lane mm-hmm. to the visitor center. Right. 
Because obviously, if you let one person down, everybody's going to feel that they're going to have a right to go down to, and then that's when you're going to get into just that block conflict. it off right there. Yeah, I mean that's right. that's not a big deal. <laughs> you know, again, that's. Parked a couple of six weeks away. There and that's yeah, it. and that's rising it. temperatures. Right. You know, maybe the numbers start to drop. Maybe th- you know, but as it stands right now, we're going to leave it alone for two weeks. Okay. You know, and go that way with you. Yep. Correct. Yep. Good. Yep. Good. Absolutely. Thank Thanks you. for getting us that two weeks, Joan. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Great that's job. Huge. Yeah. Makes great job easy. getting the extra time. That's good. <laughs> Thanks. Going to pay off. Alrighty. Thank Appreciate you very much. I'll let her know. Thanks. Thanks. All right, we're going and screaming on this one. <laughs> item uh, item nine on page ninety four is budget amendment CC thirty two home delivered meals. This is a Department of Aging grant they received for congregate meals and in home delivered meals. So no additional county funds. I move to approve budget amendment CC thirty two. Second. You got a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. So moved. Okay. Great. Thank you, commissioners. All right. We have three desk items. First one is item number 10, and this is the federal funding certificate and agreement for the <coughs> second 50% of the CARES fund. <coughs> this agreement basically, it has been reviewed by the county attorney. This basically um, um, says that we will spend the money in accordance with the federal law. Otherwise, we have to pay it back ourselves. So we are anxious to get this funding for our recovery. And uh, my understanding is once this is signed, they will wire the money to us within a f- matter of a few days, and we can proceed with uh, our phase two plans with our um, recovery from the CARE funding. So I move that we uh, sign the federal financing certification agreement. Second. We have a motion and a second. So any discussion here? I get the sign on the dotted line, and this is a beauty one because they hold you. You know, the, the calls, they talk about this. If anything goes wrong, they're dragging you into it. <laughs> $4.8 4. million. $4.8 million. I get the, it's all me. Okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. Any other discussion? I can throw a few dollars your way if it goes south, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I got a quarter. Yeah. Okay. Remember, and a few is three. <laughs> we are moving to approve and have myself... Sign the federal funding certi- certification agreement from the Maryland Department of Budget and Management. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Item number 11 is from the Queen Anne's County Housing Authority Executive Director, uh, Katia Lindsay, and they are asking for some funding to complete a forensic audit of their books for the last three years. They're asking for $30,000 um, from the it, Is the audit cost more, or is the audit 30000 and we're paying the whole thing? Capped. The second. Gotcha. There's, um, well, the I'll, I'll do the motion, and then we can discuss that. Um, I move to um, approve $30,000 uh, so that the Housing Authority can conduct a forensic audit uh, for the most recent three years. But I want to add in here that it's the, we're paying for it, we own the audit, and we have a we have a statutory obligation to review their books. We have the ability to go and review their books. So if we're paying for it, this has got to be an audit that's at our direction. Okay. Our attorney says we have a statutory what? Uh, right, obligation, right to, to monitor. Second. So, so, so. Yeah, how do you argue with that? You know what I mean? <laughs> Second. 
Yes, sir. No, just a question. Uh -huh. There's no possibility of any recovery in this, is there? So there has been – their books are a mess is one nice way to say it. Um, and they're trying to get this in order so that moving forward they know what pots of money the different money is. The way it's set up, each property has to be self-sufficient. And they have a separate account, in theory, for each property. There'll be an operating account for each property. There's a main operating account for the housing authority. Then there's also another account for each property for the security deposits. Um, over the years, the way the, the financial statements that I've been privy to them talking about, um, the money has not probably been allocated the right way. And they're trying to figure out where the money may have been put into the wrong pot so they can get everything back into order. That is one of the overriding things, and also to make sure that there has not been any malfeasance over the years. That's another possibility. But it doesn't really answer the question of what, other than cleaning the books up, is that worth 30000 bucks? I think it is to get the housing authority back on track. We have a new executive director in there. We have, so it's an investment. <laughs> that's what I think. Out of love for you, sir. Yes, yeah. Sir. I, I think it's something worth doing so we can get – the housing authority has made a lot of progress in the last three or four months of – um, there is tremendous uh, customer service that's put in place. The residents who live there feel like things are going better. We want to keep it like that, and we also, what the Forensic Audit will do is give them the controls so that going forward we know that that money is being managed properly. We think that will also enable them to apply for grants and get money outside the county, and that's another reason to be doing this. Um, so I, I think we should do it and get the housing authority. You want it, I want it. I think it's worthwhile. So, who, and who, this will be a certified audit, correct? Who, who won the Who won the audit? Who so won the bid? They they have there were two estimates that they got in. I believe they're going to go for one more. But um, if we're on it, we can control who they use. Plus, there's a baseline for the books going forward. I mean, that's the biggest thing right. to me. That's worth thirty thousand dollars. If if you've got hundreds of thousand dollars oh. rolling through there now, and you have no idea where they're at. 30 grand right now looks pretty good. So, and, 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 and then, of course, set up systems and procedures for better bookkeeping. Right. Exactly. Right. It, right. They need to get those books in order so going forward everything is right and the properties are being managed properly. Yep. Okay, so we have a motion and a second to approve $30,000 so the Housing Authority can conduct a forensic audit of their financial circumstances for its most recent three year period. Any other questions? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Did, did we get, did, my understanding there was a, a fire at Fisher Manor the other day? It was a trash can on the second floor that was that caught on fire inside one of the units, so it was a, a non-event. Oh, okay. It was just smoke but no fire, as they say. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, Commissioner. Our final desk item, Commissioners, is item number 12, and this is a... Um, uh, a letter to the state librarian, and we're going to try to go back to the well one more time and ask for another $500,000 in fiscal 22 from the state library board as a grant. We uh, are funding the library potentially over the 50% level, so this would reduce our county commitment if it's if we are in fact awarded that. This letter would uh, certify we would match those funds, which we certainly would if we were uh, granted the additional money for that project. I move that the letter of intent necessary to apply for the additional construction funding through the Maryland County Public Library Capital Grants Program in fiscal year 2020 for the expansion and renovation of the Ken Island Branch Library be signed and provided to the Maryland State Library. Second. Any discussion? 
Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right, thank you, commissioners. That's all of our action items tonight. We can move to the presentations. And first up, we have Robbie Gill for YMCA. I think I saw him out there. Robbie, Robbie, Robbie. <coughs> Is he sporting a bow tie? No, it's a... No, turn that. Oh, gotcha. It's a built-in mask, right? That's right, just in case. <laughs> yep. How's everyone doing this evening? Marvelous. Well, this is a different look. You gotta swivel to get the whole view. Surrounded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I really appreciate you giving me an opportunity to kind of share uh, where we are. I wanted to give a quick, uh, Robbie Gill, I'm the CEO for the YMCA of the Chesapeake. I wanted to give a quick update on the work of the Y uh, with the COVID 19 crisis. So we, under the governor's orders, closed our facilities on March the 16th and transitioned and pivoted our work to supporting critical needs within communities. And so uh, we reached out in every community that we're in to offer a helping hand in whatever way we could do that. And so what's really interesting is you see that work in different communities looks vastly different. So in Talbot County and Dorchester County, the YMCA is providing shelter of care for about 30 kids that are at each site that are uh, the, the children of critical staff, first responders, medical staff working directly at the hospital with people that are um, dealing with the virus. Uh, and that's a, day, that's a Monday through Friday program. We also are very involved across the Eastern Shore in meal delivery for seniors who are isolated as well as families and kids who find themselves in, uh, food insecure. And so in partnership with, in some cases, it's the school system. In other cases, it's the food bank. Um, the YMCA is utilizing our resources for transportation to deliver meals to particular communities that are um, finding themselves uh, pinched. We're also been doing food drives across all of our YMCAs. The Cecil County YMCA is an overflow site for the hospital there, uh, depending on how heavy their um, load gets. And, um, and then the biggest thing we've been doing is supporting our seniors. So across all of our Ys, we provide senior programming chronic disease for cancer survivors, patients with uh, people with Parkinson's disease, balance and stability classes. We've been unable to offer those classes, so we've had to transition to what you guys are doing, utilizing Zoom to be able to connect to those folks. We've made over 6,000 wellness calls to support seniors uh, who the Y is a hub for them and isolated. So it's um, while the Ys have been closed, we've been very busy and working really hard to, to make an impact across the community. We've also been continuing to work on this particular project so uh, last time i was here in the late fall in november i'd uh, let you know that we had received a two and a half million dollar gift from an anonymous foundation that wanted to really support the work in building a ymca in queen Anne's county we've developed a capital campaign committee and we're working uh, regularly on our um, list and getting ready to launch that quiet phase of our campaign in late February when the virus really started to flow, but we had been working on a potential opportunity with a, with a foundation. And so Jim Wright, who is uh, uh, born and raised here in Centerville that you would know um, for sure, um, uh, is connected and a trustee for a foundation, uh, the Philip and Carol Radcliffe Foundation, and had an interest in potentially getting involved in the project. And so over the last four months, I've been working directly with him around what that um, narrative would look like and how the YMCA could meet the obligations really tied to that foundation and also make an impact in the community 
Um, <clears throat> Jim loves, obviously loves Centerville. It's his lifelong home and knows the why can have a tremendous impact. So we found out last um, week before last that they've committed a $5 million match specifically for this uh, project, which is an enormous win for us. So that gets us, um, in matching those funds, that gets us to, um, you know, seven and a half million currently. It's a one-to-one match. And the way that'll work is um, upon signing the grant agreement, which we'll do next week, they'll release $500,000. We've also reached out to the, the um, Anonymous Foundation to release $500,000, and we'll use that million dollars for architectural work and engineering design. I've asked Todd Mond to serve on that committee um, from the county to support us in that effort, so we'll have a group of volunteers and staff that will work on that project to where we can get our engineering and architectural work completed this year with a goal of breaking ground at the beginning of uh, 2021. The project will take about 18 months to build based on our experiences. The second phase of that gift um, is tied specifically to groundbreaking, and so they'll release a maximum of up to $2 million for that project at groundbreaking as long as we've matched that $2 million. If we get to groundbreaking and we haven't matched the $2 million, then we only get what we've raised. So it's imperative that getting to groundbreaking, we're at the $2 million mark um, to be able to do that. And then the third phase of the gift is when we uh, cut the ribbon and open the new YMCA that we've raised the remaining two and a half, and then they'll release those funds. And so really, Jim's exact quote was, I want to see this project built before I die. <laughs> And so uh, they really structured it in a way that can really push us to help our committee uh, in raising funds to make that project happen. I will say, too, um, we're still working directly with the county on a Department of Aging grant that will support the senior center. So this YMCA is not only a YMCA, but it's also a senior center physically located within the facility, but also providing services to seniors across the entire county. So when we talk about our Parkinson's program, our um, balance and stability classes, and cancer survivor programming, which are all free outreach programs. Those would be programs that would be provided throughout the county wherever there's specific needs. And so one of the beauties in this is it's going to, while the, the Y and the senior center for Centerville will be hubbed there, you're going to have outreach work taking place throughout the county, which will make a substantial impact, um, which we're excited about. The second piece of that is the foundation wanted to see the YMCA engaged in work specifically around supporting small business and not-for-profits as well as supporting individuals around uh, fiscal literacy or financial literacy. And so there'll be a, uh, a designated 1,400 square feet with two conference rooms and three offices that'll be used where, let's say, you had a small business who needed some help or support as it relates to tax tax law change or maybe they're in an EEOC claim issue or maybe they're just trying to figure out how to better navigate online media and how to, to better market what they're doing, um, that we could leverage the resources of our 40,000 members to provide connection around mentoring and support um, and coaching and training, uh, whereas in many cases um, not-for-profits and smaller businesses can struggle when they're if they're not large enough to have an own, their own HR person or to have someone out other than maybe a part-time bookkeeper or an accountant, so you get into a tax 
code issue or something like that can be challenging. And in, in literally today's workforce looks vastly different than it did 15 or 20 years ago. And so how do you connect to millennials and so forth and so on? So um, we built that into the project, and I think it's going to be a really neat addition as well. Um, so we're really excited about that. So really, although the project's taking some time, I mean, that's part of it. We saw the same thing in St. Michael's. I think it's well-rounded, and it's going to make a tremendous impact in the community. Uh, last thing I might mention is um, I got a chance to spend some time with Jim right over at his house last week, and we were chatting and talking, and he was sharing uh, some of his childhood memories about how everyone spent their summers at Conquest Beach, where that was like the place where kids went and hung out and connected to one another. And, um, you know, the why can serve that same role, and it does in the communities where we have a facility, where it becomes the front porch of the community, where everyone is welcome, no one is turned away due to financial limitations. The site is ideal for that, even though it's Center County and some folks... Um, out on Kent Island may say that's too far away. I think what you're going to find is is the Y will be a hub that brings all three communities, North County, the middle of the county, and the island all together as a place to connect to one another, which is powerful. So I'm excited that we're on the doorstep of making this happen. I can actually, I was thinking back, my first meeting uh, in Queen Anne's County was a few months after I moved here in 2005 when, when the commissioners at the time were talking about a field house way back when, and um, Commissioner Wilson was actually at a meeting eons ago um, over at the Parks and Rec facility. I can remember that was probably 06, somewhere around there. So it's taken us time to get to the place where we can get this done, but we've had, in essence, $7.5 million committed to this project that isn't directly tied to the county, but believes deeply not only in Centerville, but Queen Anne's County as a whole in the work of the YMCA. And so now it's just a matter of us doing the legwork we need to do with working with uh, Todd and our team to make sure we've got a good engineering and architectural plan for the site. The site's low-lying. If you drive out there, you see the county building sits kind of high up. The Y property is low. We know site costs there are going to be substantial in the million to a million and a half range just to bring the site up to grade. Uh, But to go ahead and get that work hammered out and tackle to where we can break ground in the first of the year is is um, where we are. I had a meeting with several of our key volunteers today, and everyone's just over the moon excited. And I can't be more thankful for the, for Jim and the Radcliffe Foundation and believing in the, this work and how it's going to really be transformational for Queen Anne's County. And I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. I know you've got in your packet just kind of our case piece and also kind of our checklist of where we're rolling through that. So I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. Anybody? I don't have any. Sir. Mr. Wilson? I think you came before us six years ago. I expressed some concern as to whether this would get done in my lifespan and we're still in a race. I hope I hope uh, you win. <laughs> We'll get it done. I have no doubt. So we, if we break ground in the winter, then summer of 23 will be open, and that'll be – I think the other thing is is this pandemic has just been pretty rough on everybody. I mean, you know, I think a lot of us has realized just how, 
how much we how much we maybe didn't appreciate just being amongst a group, even if you're in the grocery store, mm-hmm. that you could physically pass people without being paranoid and just <laughs> to wink and say hey and yeah. to connect to one another. I think we'll have a greater appreciation for any modified resemblance of what that once was, even if we can't shake hands and hug like we once did, to just be able to physically see someone face-to-face and acknowledge one another will be great. The, I think the why is going to be a great place to celebrate that coming together in the community. It's a perfect time for it to happen. So I, I believe in divine intervention tremendously. Gifts like that don't happen without divine intervention, and, um, and it's happening at the time that it's supposed to happen, and you'll be there for that. It's going to be good. We'll see. Maybe we'll even be at a point where you and I, you and I can uh, high-five whenever we pull out the gold shovels and throw a little dirt around. <laughs> Let me ask you a little bit more specific question. So the five is a match. And what would you expect for the, to raise out of the general public? What would you hope to get out of the county? Do you have any anticipations of how you intend to get the match together? Sure. So... Um, my thought is, is without a doubt within the county, uh, through a general campaign, we could raise half of that amount with no problem. I think if we had to raise the full amount, it would be a heavy lift, um, especially when you look at where you. we are right now with everything that's going on. But I think half, without a shadow of a doubt, we could raise that, and I believe we could raise that um, if the county played a role. I believe we could raise that before the end of the year and lock everything in. And then the only thing we would have left to do is the grant work that we're working on now. And that grant work, uh, Stevie, counts towards the match. So if we were to... Well, the, if, grant, the grant, actually, I verified that the grant work doesn't, so it's outside of that bucket. Okay, so the other day we talked about it. Was, yeah. Okay. But so the, the grant work was, uh, the grant part of it we were talking about, is that still in play that that would yes. be the site work money? Well, so, so there's, there's 800000 that we could apply for through Community Development Block Grant. The piece of that is making sure that we could get it because you would do the site work. It you wouldn't lump it with the whole project. You would just do the site work first because there's a lot of logistics around that money, around um, Davis Bacon wages and a bunch of other stuff. You would want to make that neat and clean. And we ran into an issue in St. Michael's around that. So you would, if those funds were available and we decided to get those, you would do site work first in the building right after that. Um, but I know that Kathy's working on getting more information on that now. And we may decide that we'd be better served to not apply for those funds and move forward. We definitely will apply for the Department of Aging funds. We receive those funds in St. Michael's. It's a perfect fit and model with the YMCA and the Senior Center in the same location. The Board of Public Works um, has lifted that model up as a great way to partner and collaborate because you're bringing seniors into one place. So not only are Y members who are older adults connecting to Senior Center programs and services, but then Senior Center participants are also connecting to Y programs and services. So you're really kind of creating a, a one-stop shop, so to speak, where they get all the resources that they need. I have to say you've excelled at big gifts, but in my estimation, not much has been seen in terms of a program. We, have, we haven't asked a single person for a gift yet, because without the big gifts, there are no there is no Y. So securing those larger gifts put us in a position to be able to have the community phase of the campaign. Typically, typically you try to raise about 80% of the funds through those larger gifts and then the 20% go through the community phase. But that's an essential part of the campaign because every, you want everyone to have buy-in to the project to where it's their YMCA. And so that's coming. That, that's going to take place um, 
The communion phase typically takes place right around when you break ground. And then it creates momentum and excitement and you know that it's coming and you do it. So I think in St. Michael's as an example, we had about 250 donors. But um, six of those people made up 80% of the, of the total. But we also had kids who saved up their money and mowed grass and donated 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And that $50 is just as valuable as the person who had the capacity to write a $10,000 check. Because for that kid, they're the ones who walk over there after school every day now. And they played a role in making that happen. Is it your sense still that the general outlook of whatever was expressed in the MUI is uh, still feasible? In other words, the pricing and the inclusion and so on in terms of pool use? Yes, sir, and it's mine. I think there's a general consensus that coming out of this may be the best time to build, whereas when we, as an example, when we built St. Michael's, the... um, Construction costs were at a premium. More from an operation. Yes, sir. Without a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. So we've a little bit on operating. We've um, we had forty-one thousand members going into the to the COVID crisis. We've seen a reduction of our membership of about twenty-five percent since March sixteenth. Thirteen percent of those folks have just put their membership on hold. The other twelve have terminated. I think what you'll find is you have two buckets so for seniors who are immune compromised they're not really sure what coming back looks like or if i lost a job and i don't know if that business is going to stay open i'm not really sure um, everyone else is kind of sitting and waiting and then they'll they'll come back the why will provide whatever assistance is necessary and uh, to make sure no one no financial limitations keeps someone from participating and um and we're building a plan, operational plan now to make sure that we can meet social distancing requirements and people can participate operationally. And as an organization, the Y has a $11.5 million endowment with another $6 million in future commitments. And so our objective is to continue to build the endowment to where we're, I don't know that any organization is ever impervious to something this crazy, but that we have the financial capacity to always weather these types of things. So the YMCA is fine and will always be here. It's been here since 1857. It's not going I anywhere. I but we didn't have distancing in t- since 18. Yeah, I'll be concerned if I come back to you in December and we're not open. That would be a problem. <laughs> but I don't think we'll get that far along. Um, the Y did apply for a pay a paycheck protection program a grant and receive that so our staff our seven we have a little bit operationally we have 51 full-time staff and the rest of our staff are, are part-time those staff uh, those part-time staff miss one week of pay so they continue to be on payroll the entire time uh, through this even though the Y is not open so we've worked really hard to take care of our folks but you're right I hope to never see anything like this again it's not been fun Anything else? Robbie, thank you. Go get it. Thank you guys for everything you do. I appreciate it. Y'all have a great evening and be safe. You too. too. Thank you. Thanks, Robbie. All right, commissioners. Next we have uh, Jonathan Seaman for our capital budget discussion, uh, capital budget and decision on proposed budget. We have a separate binder here for that discussion. And I think Jonathan, here he comes with... uh, I didn't get one. Chief Buzzard Officer Brittany Moran, so come on in. Oh, she's going to run the. Um, Right right here. Okay, right here. Where you go? All right. 
Word file there for the. Uh, Okay. The floor is yours. Okay. Good evening, commissioners. We have the um, budget work session. And um, first, just take a look at the schedule so you can see kind of where we are, where we're going. So the budget schedule shows this is May 12th. And um, so what we're going to do tonight is go through this notebook and any changes you want to make, and the result of that will be the uh, release of your proposed budget. Um, and then following that, we have the public hearing, which is two weeks from tonight, which is the um, official tax rate hearing. And following that, there are potentially two more work sessions and then the adoption on June the 9th. So just to make clear, this budget, so I mean, what you're approving tonight is not the final budget, and you know, you have until June the 9th to, you know, make changes to that until we have an adopted budget. So um, let's go to the um, start with the table of contents, and um, so you can see what we're going through. You've seen many of these things before. Um, but there are a few changes and adjustments that I want to point to. Uh, next, on page one and two, there's a letter, which is a transmittal letter, which um, I leave to you to, uh, as you please, you could sign this or you could change it or whatever you want to do. But, I mean, I think the idea is we'd probably want to release this budget tomorrow, so... That's kind of I believe that is. letter's been circulated and signed. Pardon? That letter has been circulated and signed. Oh, okay. All right. And we'll keep going. Uh, page three. This is the revenue. And um, so the budget that's being proposed, <coughs> if you look at the FY21 budget column, and it shows <clears throat> $143 Seven hundred ninety-six thousand five sixty, and what you would see that's perhaps different from before is what's highlighted, and that's the about two million dollars in revenue stabilization funds. And we'll get to uh, showing kind of the 
revenues versus the expenditures. But basically, to kind of summarize that, you remember we had a county administrator's budget that was almost $150 million, and then we'll show you what reductions were made, and that got the budget down to about $144 million, but we're saying the revenue is about $2 million below that, and so the revenue stabilization fund is what is used to balance to the expenditures, which is about 143.8 million. Um, Jonathan, do you, do you perceive us using any stabilization for completing FY20? Yes, I mean, the, the projection for this year is maybe two million below budget. So potentially two million in FY20 as well. Okay. If it isn't two million, if the glass is half full and it's only one million, would that adjust? It would leave FY twenty one pretty much where you still have it right now. It would still just, be the we same. would just not remove another million out of the stabilization. Yeah, okay. Right. It would. Um, yeah, that would just be less use in twenty, but it wouldn't change FY twenty one. Okay. So on page four and five are the expenditures. Um, so you have on page four. The departments, none of this has changed. Um, of course, the Board of Education is at maintenance of effort. And what you see highlighted are, um, let me just point out a couple of those. This line, the transfer to capital, that's highlighted because there was a million two reduced out of that line item, which was where we put the pay go. Okay, where capital. are we? Where are we? On page four? On page five. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, the, I got the you. The box where you have the, high, the yellow mm -hmm. highlight, which is um, so this transfer to capital is was reduced by 1.2 million, and so <clears throat> that's why that's highlighted. And that was for capital. The next highlighted item is the salary lapse, which is a negative number, and so it's higher because of the freeze. So there's some assumed savings from the hiring freeze in FY21. So that was something that was adjusted. Uh, the contingency account, it was much higher earlier and um, primarily because that's where we put the money for county employee compensation increases for cost of living and pay for performance, which is now gone. So that's why the contingency is highlighted. And we did, um, ask the departments to, uh, the county administrator uh, sent something to the departments to ask them to identify potential savings in FY21 of 5% of their budget. And so there are some assumed savings there. Now we haven't really, I mean, we haven't seen that or been able to evaluate it yet, but there are some assumed uh, amount that we will between now and June we'll have to figure out. So it's it's not intended to take five percent from everybody. It's just people giving us their ideas as to what they can save, and then we'll make some recommendations to you as to you know which ones we think make sense. It could be you know reductions to overtime or things like that, improvements, um, and then we'll have to sort of adjust that at the end. So then uh, we get to the all the other funds, 
which I'm going to skip over because I don't think we really have much to say about that. Um, these other funds, um, you know, primarily are non-general funds, but some of the funds do have Probably. general fund uh, transfers like aging and um, housing and community services, things like that. But there's nothing really remarkable in any of that. So then on page 27, you've seen this chart before. Uh, so I haven't, there are no changes that have been made to any of these numbers, but the, um, so the highlighted columns are the FY20 and the FY21 revised, and these are the, let's call them the revenue write-downs as a result of the pandemic. So FY20, which at an earlier time was estimated at about $147 million or $2 million above the budget, and now is projected at about $2 million below the budget. Um, and the FY21 revised, we came out, if you'll remember, we started at about 150. That's the, F the FY21 approved budget, which isn't really the approved budget, but it um, was the county administrator's budget was at the 149.7, and then the revised is um, right about at 142 million. So that's where we're saying we think revenues will be uh, for FY21. But as you know, it's still kind of early in. There isn't a whole lot of data to, um, so I think those numbers, you know, have to be sort of fluid as we go through. Page 28 shows you how we got from the county administrator's budget to the county commissioner proposed budget. And um, so just to identify, I think we talked about these really, but there's the PAYGO reduction of $1.2 million in the capital budget. I'll write the enhancements, uh, which we'll show you in a minute, too. But all the new positions that were requested for FY21 were taken out. The employee compensation, we talked about that. That's mostly the cost of living adjustment. There's another reduction. We had another million dollars in the contingency account, which we took out. Um, and then I mentioned the departmental savings projected to be about $600,000. We talked last time about some savings in the MALF program, so that's 300000 And then there's some additional savings we're projecting from the hiring freeze, and that gets you to total reductions of $5.9 which gets you down to 143.8. So that's really what the budget is. And since we had revenues that were not at that level, they were closer to about 142. That's why the revenue stabilization kicks in uh, to make up that $2 million difference. And um, so you would vote on that the next time. And um, there is an actual requirement for the use of the re revenue stabilization fund that you have to vote. In fact, it takes a four-fifths vote to approve the use of those funds. And you have to kind of specify why you're using them, um, which is in sort of emergencies or, you know, the clause that says kind of as the county commissioners deem necessary. So uh, we'll just have that sort of vote next, next time. Um, so those are the reductions. So 
Going to page 29, this is the um, capital budget. So we've got kind of three different sort of looks at the capital budget um, for you to look at. This is the FY21 budget, which is on pages 29 through 38. And that's followed by the six-year program, which is on page 39 through um, 47. And then following that is the capital budget reductions. And so that starts on page 48. That shows you what the departmental requests were. You may remember that we had numbers that looked like, um, you know, the original request was about $51.9 million. And then there was the county administrator budget, 10 million less, 41.9. And then I mentioned there was another 1.2 million. This you can see on page 53. Um, so that shows you the 51.9, the reduction of 10 million, 41.9, another reduction of 1.2 million, which leaves the county uh, commissioner's budget of $40.6 million. But you can see, I think you see in your book, there's a note, which, you know, you had asked about right. kind of what the, what the number was. I mean, that number's got other stuff in it, mostly like ski. So, but the number for sort of more what we call the general capital, which doesn't include all those enterprise funds, is $29.7 million. So going to the capital budget, I'm going to just going to sort of walk through a couple because we haven't really focused on this tremendous amount. So if you all have any comments or want to say anything, um, starting on page 29 and um, just noting a few of the things that are probably, you know, I suppose of interest. They, we do have $800,000 for the YMCA. Um, but is that that's... When you say we, it's flowing through us. It's state funds. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's not that's grant money. Correct. Yeah, it's right flowing through us. Um, we do have a line item for the housing authority facilities at two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. Is that now? What is that? What project is that for? Is that to repair the mold or repair? Is, um, is that is Riverside? that the, the crawl space? Uh, uh, Riverside, look, right? Can you, you call that up on the we already, call up the screen? Call up the individual. Oh, we already approved the other money. Yeah, so did I. Well, we we had I think. Well, it was beyond the initial project that we've been working on, so um, would be under general services. I thought the mold remediation was 250 that we approved, right, or something? Closer to 260, yep. Yeah, keep going, yeah. <clears throat> okay. I can't see that. This project provides for the recapitalization uh, of housing facilities which, under the management of the Housing Authority, have fallen into disrepair. Facilities include Foxtown Apartments, Terrapin Grove Cottages, Graysonville Terrace in Graysonville, 
and Riverside Estates. Yeah, that was the money requested by the housing authority folks to continue maintenance, you know, routine maintenance that has fallen behind schedule ongoing into the future. And we may be a bit behind on the, the mold remediation project, so that was a that's that's what that project is for. What's well, I mean, do, do we want to go through these line item now, or would it, like the Liberty Building? What are we putting two hundred thousand dollars in here for? Brittany, go back to that. Uh, the Liberty Building also. Yeah, I mean, you might as well. You can look at them now if you want. I mean, okay. same with the historic, you know. Yeah, the historic courthouse. courthouse. Um, look at the. Uh, that is also in general services. Go to their individual that master spreadsheet that they have. Yeah, so let's find the Liberty Building. Okay. Um, yeah, make it a little bigger. Okay. They're extending your office, Jim. Yeah. This project requests funding for the program and construction of um, renovation to replacement of the original construction components. It's mostly HVAC, I think. Program which commenced in FY19. FY21 improvement includes rooftop HVAC unit replacement construction and related roof replacement. Well, I'd like to see that pushed out and not bonded right now. $200,000 on the bond. Yeah, but the job says, you know, the roof rooftop unit's 150K. Uh, roof replacement's 50K. Oh, FY23. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. You're saying push it out to... Well, I'm just, you know, we're... We have a bond of over 19 million, and that's just too much. That's ridiculous. Yeah, okay, that's just too much. So we, you know, we've. What are we? The last. We've not. We've been less than nine million the last two years. So we're going to double down in one year. It's um. This guy. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's a big number. It it was not sort of unplanned in the sense that we knew we're going to have at least a few major projects, detention center and the library. So our you know, multi-year projections did show this as being, you know, sort of a... Well, we've got the Board of Ed of a little over $7 million in the capital side. And what what are we normally running, you know, over yeah. the last... Uh, I think last year was five. Yeah. I mean, I just... I guess to look at some historical data on how much... I mean, it would be nice, and we've always talked about this, you know, coming in every year, you know, it, it, it's your bond at the same number. Right. The, but... Well, well, that makes I mean, it difficult. It, it actually shows on this year's operating side budget because we saved $1.4 million in debt service. So what we've been doing has been working. Mm -hmm. And that's 1.4 that went back to operational right now. Debt service is getting cheaper all the time. But I just I have a much darker opinion about where the whole economy is going to be than most people in the stock market. But we're going to see next year. I think this is going to be an alarming year. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody disagrees with that. I wouldn't be surprised as we go along that we scissor a lot of this stuff. So we'll see. Well, if, let me just say, I mean, if you're identifying these items, take out of the bonds, I'm going to say they're going to go in FY22 because there isn't, it's not like you can move it into some other funding source. I agree. Because no, we're no, maxed I, out. I, I get in, it. 
That's what I mean. So, you know, to look at that versus what we have in FY22 now. Right. Um, well, do you want to put, I mean, so uh, I've got the Liberty Building. Um, 200. 200, the Housing Authority. These are just ones you mentioned. And Historic Courthouse, I mean. Well, like county facilities, again, you know, I mean, I just, I, I mean, I, I guess, I don't know if we want to do that. If there's an if we have access to the same thing you're looking at, yeah, to to make those decisions at what what you think that or have you know, task you and Todd to go back through and look and say look at, you know you need yeah. to, you need to get four million dollars off of this four million yeah, well I mean I I would say I mean the last two years we were at like twelve point six twelve point seven excuse me seventeen eighteen we were twelve point six twelve point seven last two years we were about nine point six right right. Well, we can, yeah, I mean, we can give you some options and come back with the next work session yeah. and present that to you if you'd like. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, going into this year, I think, at least in my mind, we had the detention center we knew. We, we were going to try and make the library work. And, I, again, I was all on board pre-COVID, but I don't know where I sit with that right now in my mind. Um, and, you know, and we have our asphalt overlays, which we're going to do because um, we don't want the roads to fall apart. We've seen what, what, that, what happens when that happens six, seven years ago. So, um, you know, in my mind, I'm, we're at $8 million there. Now, I, I know we always have some other stuff that goes into this, but, man, this is a big, it's a big lift in a, in a I, bad time. I agree with you, and I think also that if, if it were up to me and... If I knew that we could recapture the funding on the detention center a year later, I wouldn't mind pushing it back a year. But I thought they, I thought they said we could move that. I thought they would. Yeah. The detention center we can yeah. move. We can. Yeah. The library is, is the library is the one that didn't give us any leeway. The detention center could be pushed. Right. So I mean, I because I, we still haven't we we, we don't no, know how many beds we're going to have. We, we're not anywhere with it. So right. I mean, we could not mess up our funding. So I mean, I agree. So if if it's not going to hurt us financially, that's, and they're going to hold that that grant money. I'm for pushing it off a year. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I would do. I'm all in on that one. That's a detention center. Okay, that's 2.6 million. Right. Mm -hmm. In the FY21. <coughs> right. um, so that's on page 31. Mm -hmm. There is another. I'm just sort of pointing out sort of the larger. And, and Jonathan Scott's not here, but the CAD replacement is that a has to be done? Is that a one year? Um, lump sum, or is that a two-year project? A, um, that's the main piece of that, I think. Right, that's one CAD replacement. I, I would say that's a yes. We have no, five hundred thousand. Not, not to not fund it, but I'm just wondering how long is the project take? Because if it's, it's like got, the radios, they took four years. So if this no, is a this two is two. Project. It's got a million five and twenty-one and five hundred thousand and twenty-two. But we've million. sort of looked at that as pretty much a necessary. No, it is necessary, but I'm right. saying, can we do a million and a million? Mm -hmm. Million this year, million next year. Uh, that pushes five hundred to next year. Just, got just questions to ask. That's all. Jonathan, since you're quicker at it, what's twenty two look like right now, bond wise? It doesn't have the bond. I was just looking at um, it's not there. Call up the capital summary. You got the, yeah. You got the six year plan. It should be on there, right? Well, this year doesn't have the funding sources. It just has the totals. Yeah, yeah, but we can total. call it up here. The um, uh, it's twenty seven, Jim, or twenty six, Jim, is what it's showing. Yeah, the summary, 22. which is under, oh, it's under the commission. Yeah, it's under this work session. Yeah, it's in there. Where are we on the bond right now, Jonathan, with what we have outstanding? 
Do you know? Ooh, let's see. Um, and we're, maybe 130 million. And we're due to retire what seven and a half? This we're year? retiring, yeah, seven or eight. Good with that. 124. Um, oh yeah. So look up 20. Do the tab for 22. Doesn't seem to want to do that. It's frozen. That's what happened before too. I got a hammer in a van. I'll be back. That's <laughs> thing. That was too big. That's why it's frozen. <laughs> yeah. They put pound signs up for it. Let instead. me. Um, yeah, I don't really have that with me. Um, uh, you might have to. Well, I mean, you can, you can, again, you can get that. So we'll I'm get just, it for you. I'm um, just, you know, what we don't want to do is push so much there. We've we got the same problem right. there as we have this year. Yeah. Right. You know, so. And I mean, I'm, I, you know, I look at the public fiber, that's at half a million. So, right. I mean, that's not matching grants that we have to hold in there for anything else. But my point is, if we could use some of that. Cares. Cares money. Yeah, we might be you able know, to. Do so that. Mm -hmm. yeah, we should see. That's we should be able to shift that money out, much like we're doing with the ambulance. We should be able to shift money over Correct. from fiber for broadband right. from Cares and then eliminate that. I agree. That's right. So that's, I mean, that's that's an option there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, right. So the ones I was sort of pointing out, we right. Uh, well, that was one I had sort of circled. Right. You want to? That could. That's one we kind of put in there and associated with the franchise fee, but. You're right. We do have it in the CARES grant. So, right. Um, what about course, the athletic track? What is the story on that? I thought. Where, we were, where are you at? Athletic track, three hundred twenty-two thousand. Nope. I don't know of any tracks that we're doing. It'll be all right. Um, what page is that, Jack? That is on page uh, 35. thirty-five. Sorry, I should have told you. Yeah, thirty-five. Yeah. Is that stuck, done. or can you look that up? Thirty-five. Excel is all stuff. Total parks. Where do you see it? Where do you see a track? I think it's going to be the athletic track. Athletic track. Three twenty-two under bonds. It's under three hundred twenty-two thousand. On page thirty-five is the last item in parks. I wonder if that's. I wonder if that's. Can't get in there. Ken Owens. Can you restart it? Maybe. Is it? That's. I don't know, Jack. I don't. I don't have an answer there. Um. But they will. They can once they can be able to pull it up. We can pull it up, or we're kind of locked out at the moment. So. And then the athletic field lighting for two hundred fifty thousand is that replacement, or are we doing? No, new? those those were new ones. So those, we could actually hold yeah. those off. And that was actually four hundred thousand. I think to start with, and it got uh, it got cut back. But I'm saying that's a project we could actually hold out a year. It's not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Which one are you talking about? The athletic field lighting on thirty four, page thirty four, for two hundred fifty thousand. Okay. Now, Jonathan, real quick, and I know they're on here, but there was more in here. What was the what did we commit to the state for the fifty fifty on the board? Do you remember what that number was? Because this seems higher to me than Oh uh, well, okay. So the ones that are that were for the board, the big one is the two point four this is on page thirty three, the Ken Island High School roof replacement was two point four million. Mm -hmm. And that was one in the letter that we agreed to, yeah. correct? Okay. And the other two were they're on page 34 i think they have x's by them actually the Sutlersville chiller replacement 184,000 and the fire alarm replacement 182 so those are the ones that we that were, that were in the letter but every oh i'm sorry also on page 33 the bayside elementary uh window and door replacement that was one that was in the letter too okay so those 
We're in the letter. The um, so that's actually roughly hard cost. There, you're looking at about three million of committed, right. basically committed money. Yeah, I mean the other ones that you see here. Oh, okay. Well, you look at the um, athletic. Let's go back to that then. We're sort of jumping around, but we'll come back to the board. Where are we at? Back to 38. Look at the um, 35. Page 35. Yeah. The parks project we were looking at was track. Um, a track. Mm -hmm. We have athletic. It's not the field work. It's um, athletic track. And that's another thing that's a little bit. Why would it be under parks and not under board of ed? It's their track. I mean, I know we maintain all that, but I guess it goes under our bond. I mean, under, not on the, there? under the county. Parks. Again, you sure it's not on there? That's what it'd be. See, I was it well, I can't remember was there was there wasn't there a uh, was there a grant else. associated with Queen Anne's fixing that track ever? No, I think this is I think this is for Kent Islands. I think theirs is a much worse shape because Queen Anne's was done uh, four or five years but ago. We just didn't move it because of the field, that's all. Look at the we parks didn't, individual. We didn't make projects. it bigger because of the field. What they right. to we, we never like, we never it. got that money. No. Okay. Right. Because I would have moved the bleachers, moved the lights. Right, 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 right. Much, much more cost. Right. 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 All right. Well, we can't find that. We'll have to get back to you on the athletic track. And Jonathan, the Ken Island, the library expansion. We're showing three seven, but is that are we carrying over the match from last year? Because when it's supposed to be just two five this year, right? Or is, is that wrong? No, this doesn't include, this does not include the carry forward. So this was what we said was, um, um, yeah, that would be the county share. That's in addition to what we had in current year. So, but to, to make the grant right, we just had a match, correct? Two five? Does that sound right? Yes. Right. That's right, but we had, I mean, the total cost we were looking at was... Five. So we could five, yeah. push one because the project's not going to be done before this next budget cycle. So we could push one two off to twenty two as well, and then it would be an even number over the two years, right? Two five. Could do two, that. Five. I mean, if you think, yeah, I mean, right? Because we're not going to finish it in we're not twenty one fiscal twenty. We won't have finished it by June of twenty one. No, no, no. So, so we another. could do that without jeopardizing the grant because okay. we'd still match the grant. Okay. Um, That's another one, two with the detention center. Okay. So the, um, well, we couldn't find the parks one, but under Board of Ed. Um, That's 33, right? Page 33. That is page 33 and 34. The, um, the other is in the bonds. Now, the comprehensive building assessment that's on page 33 is 804,000. Um, you know, that's what they did when, from the study that they did. Now, do we get, so we got that original study. What's that been, three years ago? Yeah, something like that. So do we get updates on what they've punched off of that thing over the last three years? I mean, they come back, I think they asked Sid for Sid has it. You can get it. Okay. Sid, but I mean, Sid they asked for 804 basically every year, right? Because right. that, that was what we figured out over 10 years. That's what it was going to work out to be. 
So they curious. asked for actually a million seven. So almost double that. So we 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 took nine hundred thousand out to get to that eight oh four. And what's the what was the normal as previously? I thought it was only about eight hundred thousand. I think it was a. I mean, I think at most we put in a million, eight hundred to a million. So this was probably more project specific this year. You have to look at their specific plan. It's very detailed, but um, you'd have to look at what they put in the million seven. I don't okay. Know. All right. But so we kind of cut that one in half. Um, uh, let's see. There's three hundred thousand in security that we left in. I think they had. Uh, Requested three hundred sixty thousand. We put in three hundred thousand. But this is showing four point seven to the bond for the schools. Board of Education four point seven, and another two under fund balance. Yeah, I was talking At about Pago. seven million was the total uh, yeah, funded. Okay. Right, right. The bonds plus the other. Um. Yeah. Now the transportate then the transportation replacement is. Two buses, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So. so that's what's there. Stevie, we got. Steve, we got. I mean, we're caught up on the roads. We could all skip one year. We could, but you know, just food for thought. I mean, we could all skip one year on the asphalt. And well, see, that's what I was going to say to Jim. When I asked Shane the other day, why don't we just bond the asphalt and try to somehow shift? If we're not going to do the tarnship, but at least shift it over to the Pago, because he said the asphalt's lasting twenty years. So if we, it makes sense to bond the asphalt, but try to move the tarnship over to the other side if we can. In my opinion, because the tarnship he says lasting seven to nine, mm -hmm. depending on that's the service right. seal and how mm -hmm. it holds up. Yep. So. No, but I'm saying you know we're, we're caught up and we we could. We, if we wanted to, just we could just have a savings it. of one point five right there and but skip saying, asphalt for one year. But I'm saying do the asphalt because that asphalt that's counting the tarn chip, I think there in Excuse that me? number. Yeah, I think it is because that number we had from him the other night was separated was a lot less than that on the asphalt. Yeah, that's everything. It's it's everything. No, I, yeah, uh, right. Right. So what I'm saying is cut the tarn chip out of it, but keep doing the asphalt because. Everywhere we keep doing the asphalt, we're upgrading to our chip a lot of times, so we're actually getting out. We're making 20-year rows at that point, which should lead to less maintenance. I don't know. That's Well, I, I, I hate to just... Let me, let me add this point to the stew. I don't think this thing's going to be over for a year. I don't think it's going to be over in two years. So I hate giving up stuff that we ought to keep doing regularly as though we were hopping to... It's kind of a bridge to one year, but I don't think it's going to be one year, so... I'm not crazy about giving up stuff that needs to be. No, it's just the, the option is. I think we, you see. You know, point. we add more debt or we cut it out. So. Yeah, I'm really. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, that's. Yeah. I get it. I, I get it. Um, yeah. So that was one. They requested two point one, and we put a million five in there. But. Um, just I, I, you know, I think that also. Whatever we remove from the capital side and/or the operating side, after you adjusted it after the county administrator's budget, yeah. if we could keep that on a separate tab, Absolutely. because you know we don't know what the federal government's going to do. I mean, they're working on their their next one. So if we are able to get backfilled and we can pay for some of these things and get them done, so we don't push them down further, 
we just want to be able to have an easy access to what did we take out of there? Let's mm -hmm. let's bring right. it back and just have a, a record of it. Because he's got the roll-up sheet in the back, which is really nice. I don't know if you got back. We haven't got back that far, but he's got the roll-up sheet of what he's already cut. But if you could just do like a one-liner right. of each yeah. line item, where you've cut, what you've cut from the original, that would Correct. be Correct. Awesome. They want original, then they, they, they slashed again, and then now they want the county commissioner slash, and here we are slashing again. And just to keep the list, and that, that prioritizes it going back into... Exactly. You know, try and take care of some of those. Yep. So, um, can I just add one other thing? Right now, you can't buy, you'll never buy asphalt cheaper than now because of agreed. the price of oil. Oh, yeah, I, 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 that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, I mean, you get, you get, we're getting a lot more mileage out of that 1.6 or whatever it is now than we, are, we were four years ago. That's for damn sure. Yep. Um, okay, so you're saying, okay, well, just in, so you want to have the reductions in identified sort of separately, but both operating and capital, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, but just do them as a spreadsheet. You, you've got the back spreadsheet you got nice, except it's just more than it needs to be, just what it was originally, what was reduced, and where, you know, so we know what the reductions we'll are, basically. Is it? Right. Yeah. You've got total requested reductions, county administrator budget, county commissioner's reductions, county commissioner budget. And now we're, we're, we're adding another line to this round that we're doing now to try to get that down. You know, I... I I think if we get it to 14, I think that's a, I could live with 14, just can't live with 19. <laughs> yeah. So you want to get this down to from 19 to 14? I, I, I would. I mean, I don't know what the rest of the guys want to do. I want to see it at night, so you know where I'm at. I'm yeah, I know. I, mean, I can live with 14. Yeah. I know you do, and I, I wish we right. could, but it just, that's too much cutting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can do that. Um, I guess the question is sort of one of timing since we were going to this was going to be your proposed budget which we said we were going to release and then of course you could cut it later so the question sure, is right i would say just put it let's release it and get it out there now and then i, I right. you're we okay with this as it yeah, stands we can work absolutely we know what they're going to yeah. be right okay yeah all right so it'll be reduced for the approved budget we so can get, we can get yelled out to the hearing for a 19 million dollar um, bill so they have to yell at us through a TV or Zoom, or, though. So they got they got to yell at Bruce, and then he's got to tell it to us. <laughs> we'll we'll make Bruce explain it. Yes, exactly. It. So you want to present this budget at the at the hearing next week without yeah. without these reductions? I think that's fine. Or in we, two weeks? Well, I mean, it depends if if you if you're ready for it. I mean, that's up to you. Oh, I mean, we can get you something before then, but this will yeah. be sort of your official this, budget yeah. of record. If you release this, this will be what's out there that we would more or less present. Right. Well, then I would, if you can get it to 14, then get it to 14, and then we can always cut then from there. Then release it. Then release it. Yeah. Oh, that's fine, but you, you made it sound like you need, we need to get this out with the well, letter, Well, I right? mean, our schedule is, yeah. We're back in the schedule up. I think we just If you do it. the schedule, you would release this. That would be what you'd show at the public hearing, although we could even show a slide at the public hearing of, like, proposed reductions. There you go. You want to do that? Sure. What? what you know, six of one, half dozen the other. Whatever's easier for you and, and you know, to meet the, the message gets out there. It's probably easier to go with this. The, what's that? It's easier to go with this as it stands now um, without the reductions, but then do the reductions. And um, That's fine. For, for I mean, the, you know, I mean, it, just who looks at that and, and will perceive that we're, we're going to bond for $19 million when, in fact, we're not. So that's all. That's easy okay. enough. You know, I mean, we know that we're... We're going to be cutting at least five million off of there. Explain it later. Right, right. But you can say that at the hearing too when you give sure. your speech. Right. 
Uh, let me just, okay, so in terms of the capital, we were sort of going through that, I was, so I was kind of highlighting. We left off with the, um, the parks department, and we were going to look at the athletic track. Right. Um, and I think you were, right, you were going to push out the athletic field lighting. So going on from there, I guess there's just in terms of, there is the, under the Bay Bridge Airport, which is page 36, which is really more or less a public works project, but at the fuel depot, mm -hmm. it's 312000 and that's, I just highlighted because it was maybe a larger amount, but I think that was something that they seem to think is definitely necessary to do. Um, that, the, 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 the airport? Fuel, the yeah, under the, the fuel depot. Airport. I think we have a choice, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's a federal. Yeah. And then next is the... Um, can you yeah, find one point five. Were you able to find twenty twos capital bond? Were you able to oh, get into that? I'm sorry. It? Oh yeah, go back to the um, summary. It's a whole lot of files. And honestly, Jim, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I would take all these capital equipment replacement numbers so and set them to the side for now. But I want to see what. All we're doing is pushing it down the road, so and I just want to see to the what end. the road's looking like. That's yeah. all. Down to the total. What's, oh, it's 11? 11. 11. It's 11 million. So next year, is, it's already right now is 11. Right. That's what I mean. So what we push, we don't want to, uh, you know. I, we have to see what's, you know, next year is always a little. This year just got stuff because of the library and the detention. We knocked right. the right. detention out. Something else on this but there must be, the detention must be in there also for 11. Since the process has already started, I think I, yeah, I how much thought of that's, detention how much of was more than two this year. It doesn't seem to me right. Detention center. Um, can you look up the um, individual item? That would also be under general services. I think part of that, Steve, is that when it was in before, it was showing everything before we knew what the grant was. So I think it just had the total in there, right? Or a guesstimate from last year. That's why it seemed higher. I thought it was like 11 million or something. I thought it was seven this year, originally. It was, it was more than two. Yeah. But we didn't have the grant. We didn't know what the grant was until, so we didn't know that that two point whatever was coming. So, but um, yeah, okay. Eight, so we were million. saying that was eleven million, <coughs> and the detention center. Yes. The thing about it is, though, FY twenty two is twelve million. Twelve million. Hmm. And FY twenty three is another four million. So it's a total of twenty two million. Yeah, but the funding story, the bond on that is, what is jump eight million for the detention center. So I'm saying out of that 11 million, you're telling me that 8 million of it was the detention center? Mm, I don't think so. No. Um, something's Well, look up. Well, let's well, let's go look. Yeah, I, th I think it was. It is it right. that would have say the, well, that's my it point. Is 8 million, is that what that says? Yeah. yeah. It is 8 million. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying, but we showed 11 million, so you're telling me that there's only 3 million, uh, you know, between the board of ed and everything else that's on that for the bond. Yeah. I think That's true, but you remember it's Sort of being a year out is not entirely. Certainly, people are going to come in and request more than that. Mm -hmm. That is, that, that haven't done it over the six-year plan. Right. You mean? Yeah, because the next, the, 
Unless you're in the current year of the six-year plan, some of the out-year numbers are not sort of finalized or even entirely planned for. So I'm sure when people request next year, it's going to be more than that. Well, well, I'm, I'm concerned with what we're pushing this year to next year. So, you know, you've got the 11 plus what we push. Which could be up to five million dollars. Well, it may it, having eight million in there does make next year a tough year because that's. I mean, you're already. Well, but it won't be eight million but next year because it'll be pushed. Everything will get pushed because we've already pushed the the design and you know the two million and the design everything to next year. You might as well figure pushing four of that eight to twenty three. Right. To be. So we should move. So you're saying move. If we're moving the detention center this year to next year, the next year gets moved to the following year. Right. Or I wouldn't take it all. Just split it for now. Just so we got a somewhat of an idea. You know, I mean, take four and four. Twelve million next. Figuring the bulk would come in what twenty three. 24. I mean, eight of it right? being detention. Construction-wise, you figure this year, mm-hmm. you know, break ground 20, it's two years. Yeah, so the bulk would be on the 23-24 budget. Right. Hmm. So what That's we have three here is... four next year. We have most of the construction in 22. You're saying make it 23 and 24? Well, a 23 budget would be when you would complete right now and that's assuming we start within the next eight to ten months even breaking ground yeah okay but we're going to push it out we're going to push out uh fy21 and fy22 so jonathan correct yes so the bonds are going to be lower by that amount right yes so we had you're saying this next year was 2.5 for detention, right? But our total hit for detention was something in the neighborhood of 10, which meant that the next year must have been 8. It was. It is 8. It is. It is. 8.2. Of the whole bite of the tw- of the next year's bond, it, 12 million, 8 of it was detention and 4 for the whole rest? Yep. That's yeah. what it's showing right what now. Scott. I thought we'd split it differently, but but now we will because of the construction oh, schedule. Yeah, so yeah. it'll work out good. Better. Better. <laughs> gooder. <laughs> More gooder. More gooder. Um, okay, so the um, what else do we have here? Until we just be, uh, planning for it or something. In the uh, I think that's all for the capital. So what do you have uh, for uh, grant money? Did you did you budget a certain amount, same as what we did last year? Outside agencies, nonprofits? Oh, uh, that's in the book. I know it's in the book, but what did you... Oh, what, what you, I budgeted, what was budgeted here right. was um, FY20 plus $80,000. What page? 80,000. So if you go to page 57 you. and you see there's 423 in FY20, and so the actual budgeted amount for next year is about 500,000. And you can see yeah. the request. So that's what's in the budget now. This obviously doesn't reflect that. So I thought we, we're going to have to address this at the next work session. You're too. saying this. The five hundred thousand is in the budget. Yeah. Okay. But what did we do last year? I thought we did three hundred. We did three fifty. We did seventy. I think it was three fifty or three seventy ahead. Seventy ahead. How, how do we fifty plus? There's 
The other... Yeah, we uh, have a couple that are repeat, repetitive every year that we just said, look at those got a instead of us picking, that should just automatically flow through. So How do we treat the 4-H park? Is that considered an outside agency funding no, for them? No, the 4-H park has a regular line item in the budget. So if you look at page, um, you can see 4-H park on page uh, 5. It has a line item. If you look on page 5, the other agencies... 4-H Park is the second from the top. So that's its operating budget. But it also has capital. So uh, the other place to look for 4-H Park is on 27. Page uh, 29. So if you look on page 29. It has nothing in this year. Oh, no. It no, it does. It has 175. 176.5, yeah. <coughs> Capital. And that was. What did we give them in? What did, where, where did we give them in 20? Twenty-seven. Even in twenty. Uh, we want. She'd have to look that up in the capital. You'd have to look it up. You in have the it in the operating. You have the but FY twenty. You have the look up the FY twenty capital. <coughs> Go back to the. Um, I was just. I was just reminded that 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 place needs a lot of work. To, a lot of work. The pavilions. Where's that? The outbuildings. I mean, it needs. It does. A lot of work. It might not get a lot of use this year either if things don't change. I was already in a desperate situation the last few years anyway, so uh, just curious because I know that that question is going to come up from that board. So, oh, well, we took that money out in FY20. Looks like we didn't give them anything in 20. Okay, well. You got it out there, but you got it in here. You say it's not in there in capital? It's not, no, 20. It's not oh, in FY20. Right, it's not right. in the current year. Right. We did take it out. Right. Um, they did have some balance. Remember, we were looking at some of the balances, and they had a little, they had some money left over. So it's not like they didn't have any money mm -hmm. that they were spending. But this was what they requested for 21 anyway. But you're right. They, they have identified a pretty fair amount of work to be done there. Um, okay, so, so anyway, so the next the part of the capital that shows the reductions ends on page 53. So going to page 54, okay, you with me? Um, okay, so page 54 is the positions, and it shows the FY20 and the FY21 positions that are included in the budget. Um, it shows vacancies and total filled, and the FY21 requested, I will say, those are the enhancements. So there were 22 requested enhancements. The vacancy positions are ones which... Um, 
We've been going over with the county administrator, HR director, about the vacancies. And um, so this is kind of what, I mean, if you take a point in time, it's we're showing it as 22. I think it's actually, well, it's really 23. It may even be 26. But we, the intent was, I think, for to give you a list of those that would be, I think, Todd, you can correct me, but I think we were going to give you a list of those that would be intended to be exempt from the freeze because that's what you had asked us to do was to say that you all would approve mm -hmm. anything that was to be filled. Mm -hmm. So we've been going over to try to identify what's mission critical. So, so, Jonathan, to that end, we had a little bit of a discussion earlier with a lot of confusion around this whole chart here. Okay. And to help or to hopefully I found something on it, Jim, when I looked at it a little further. Mm -hmm. So part of the problem is we weren't supposed to have any jumps in employees at all between 2021. And if you notice, I picked out a couple like parks. You're showing a difference of five employees jumping between the two years, and there shouldn't have been any. It should have been 44, 44, but it actually went 44 to 45. So you actually picked up five employees between the two budget years. And there's several of them like that on here. So that's why those numbers are so skewed, because we're actually showing we're picking up employees in 21, which we're not supposed to be. Well, are we talking about They're not vacancies. 21? No, these aren't vacancies. These are, if you look out here, like parks, you say FY20 funded full-time 44, funded FY21 full-time 49. That's a difference of five employees. And they have two vacancies, so that's a difference of seven employees on the overall count. I Jim, think Jim is requested to have this correct, but I, I think, think that's we because to, yeah. we did that half a year thing and brought them on after in January or something crazy like but there's, that. But there's like six of them on here where they're still FY. So we need to look yeah, at them. We need to reconcile these. Numbers. We need to reconcile. Yeah. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Let's go back and reconcile yeah. them and make sure that they are all right. We'd have, yeah, we'd have to go back, and what what we have is. Sort of what did we actually budget for in FY20? 20. Our positions that you know you can identify in the budget versus what did we identify in FY21? So we are or those that were actually budgeted in FY21. But you're right. We right, but if you take like right, but if you take the 20, I think what what Jim was looking for, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, he was looking for okay, what did we have in 20? Right. Right. How many vacancies do we have? So how short were we, or how many fill, spots to be filled from 20 was there, right? I mean, more or less. Correct. So we knew right, what that right, was. Right. So then we know exactly how many employees, minus the animal welfare, obviously, because we know that that number's skewed. Well, yeah, but they're time, coming but, in anyway, so. I mean, right. They're, so, they're now part yeah. of us. And you can't, get, you can't decipher that from here. I've tried adding and subtracting every which way, and I can't get to them, so. But there's, yeah, there's definitely just need to know what 20 budgeted was, how many vacancies we have from the 20 budgeted, and then that's going to tell you where we're at going into 21. Yes, we can do that. And I think what I'm seeing, I think what you're going to see is that the, there were FY20 enhancements that are not, pro, not showing in FY20. So if you look at IT, for instance, IT actually is adding positions during this current year. So when you see eight I would say, really, with enhancements, it probably was 11. And the same with parks. Parks um, did add positions in FY20. In fact, I think we added four, as I remember. Correct. So They I were in the budget for five, and remember I took one away right. to fund something else and gave them four. But they were ha probably half-funded, that's why. Correct. That's right. They, the the half-funded thing, bringing them in in January. So if you could explain which ones are the half-funded, that'll, that'll clear up a well, bunch of them. I <laughs> think... 
I think actually the FY20 needs to be adjusted for those enhancements because then parks in FY20 would be 48 because they really got four more. And that's fine. That would make that number work out better to the 560. It would be closer. Correct, yeah. And I think the same is true for IT. So we'll have to go back and adjust that. And that would have been the half-year fundings, correct? Probably. Right. Okay. So that makes sense. And we weren't even looking at the dollars. We were just trying to figure out how many employees. Right. Right. So, you know, if you, if you, if you got to, if, if, even if they came in halfway through the year, whatever the total is that's supposed to be in there for, for 20 who are working here today, right. employee-wise, I mean, I would just take the snapshot now and then find out how many we're missing from how many should be here. So, and we're just trying to figure out how many, how far are we down on vacancies, retirements, whatever the case may be. Uh, to find out before we say, you know, are these mission critical and we're bringing them back on, I'm, you know, trying right. to get a that's ground zero. That's okay. What else you got? Um, the <coughs> page, 40, page 55 is the enhancements, which are, um, I think you've seen this, but we, we added a few notes. But again, the enhancement positions that were requested were, you can see at the bottom, is $1.8 million. And what we ended up putting in the county administrator budget is 742000 But all that's gone. So Right, but um, that's exactly what we are just now talking about, because almost all of these are January start dates. Correct. So, yeah, they would go towards FY21 for 742000 but they would automatically jump up another $1.1 million in 22. Correct. So, I mean, you know, that's just a way to... I don't know. I'm not. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's a tough one. I'm, I'm happy. Just got to start keeping in mind when you say half fund, whatever that number is. Yeah, you got to put that in exactly. the total. Right. But they're not. Remember, none of these are now Correct. in your proposed budget. Right. Right. But if you, but any of say, so, so any of the ones that are coming in that were half funded last year now are now coming in with the full yes. amount. So right. Yeah. And when you look at the increase between. Um, FY20 and FY21, I mean, I identified a certain line item that was, okay, here's the amount of the increase that's like because of the half-year funding, and it was like $400,000. Right. It was just money that wasn't in 20 but has to be in 21 Mm -hmm. because now they're there for a funding. That's right. Yep. Yep. So um, page then, okay, so we talked about the grants, uh, 56 and 57. You had come up last year with a kind of a yep. a way to kind of allocate that. So I don't know if you want to do that. Well, if you've got five hundred in there, it's a hundred thousand dollars a commissioner. Okay. Okay. Unless we, they want to cut it down. So I mean, that's look at it. Look, you know what? Just what might be your favorites, and we can go through that process at the next meeting. Mm-hmm. Just put the spreadsheet up there again, just like we did last time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that worked okay. Well. He did seventy last year, right? Yeah, yeah. He's got, we he's did got seventy a, each, right? Correct, and he's got it where we're going to have a hundred each, right now. So, and we don't have to do that if we want to go back to seventy. We can go back to seventy. It's a, I'm going to look and see what I want to exactly, right now, and I'll see where I'm at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we haven't talked about the tax differential, but that's on page fifty-eight. Um, we went through the process. I did meet with each of the municipalities, and they made their requests. And so um, there are increases kind of everywhere in some amount. So if you look at the top box and the last line is FY20 funding, go over to the right, it's 895000 What page are you on? Uh, oh, I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on 58, 
the um, FY20 funding total was 895000 What's proposed for FY21 is the last line, 941593 So there is an increase there of about um, $50 million or so. $50 million? I'm sorry. $50,000. That sounds a little better. Um, $50,000, and you can see it for each. Uh, right. So, for instance, Centerville and FY20 was 643 and proposed for FY21, 677. 45,000. So the other larger ones, um, Queenstown is 157. It's proposed to go to 162. So they're all increases of one kind or another. Nobody goes down. There's a couple that are kind of held harmless. Templeville gets the same amount. Churchill goes up a little. Um, this, of course, is not, so they're all increased. It's not what they requested, because they always request more, and we don't really give them everything they asked for. Are, are, so, we, are we good with setting the precedence of giving them money, even though we're cutting our budgets by uh, $7 million? I mean, yeah, should, I shouldn't we hold them to the 20 budget just like we're doing? I know it's 50 grand, and then it doesn't seem like a lot of money, but it's just the precedence going forward. 000. I mean, 45,000. I'm good with giving it to them. I, I just think that... Yeah. I'm fine with giving it to them. I'm just saying I just don't want to set a precedence if we had another downturn year. Then oh, no. We, 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 we so. can only... One. So, I'm good with it. Right. Okay. Okay. So, let's go with that. Uh, and the last page is the um, constant yield rate. This is the ad that was in the paper. Um, so, we've advertised this. I don't know whether anybody's I saw it. Calls, but you understand that this is language that, of course, we're required by the state to call it a tax increase. So it's a notice of a proposed real property tax increase because um, assessments went up. And so the total amount of your assessable base went up, even though your tax rate stays the same. So what you can see from here, if you look at number two, there's about, it's close to a million dollars increase in property taxes as a result of increased assessments. So that's kind of what's considered a tax increase using this language. So it's 1.4% higher. And so the rest of the ad, you know, we're going to, hopefully people will call in and we're going to have our um, um, the live feed and the live <laughs> for um, for next time. or for two weeks. Yeah. That's all I got. I that's think enough. that's everything. That's enough. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's enough. I all right. have a headache. Uh, we are going to go to press and public comment. Sure. All right. So we did have a couple of people that had joined Zoom. And uh, you actually answered their questions along the way. So they withdrew their comment. Okay. But we do have someone waiting. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to mute our room so that we can hear them. Uh, 
Hi, I'm Janet Salazar. I am the director for the Queen Anne's County Library, and I thank you, commissioners, for allowing me the opportunity to speak tonight. Uh, the Kent Island Branch Expansion Project has been a long time in the making. Back in 2007, the proposal was made to expand the branch to better serve the growing population of Kent Island. And as we know, the recession hit and that project was postponed. Here we are now, more than 10 years later, poised to move this project into construction, and we are once again faced with an uncertain economic future. What we do, what we have learned from the last recession was that people do come to the library when the economy takes a downturn. From 2007 to 2011, the Queen Anne's County Library saw a 15% increase in library visits from our community and a 49% increase in attendance at library programs. Since 2007, library program attendance has increased from 3,400 attendees per year to 17,300 attendees in fiscal year 2019 which is just shy of 400% increase. Our virtual presence has grown as well with our web wireless sessions growing from 53,000 in 2010, which was the first year we recorded that statistic, to 97,000 in 2019, which is an 80% increase in the use of library virtual resources. There is no doubt in my mind that our community values its library and the resources the library provides. This was made even more evident with a recent survey but the library put out to our community gauging interest in programming and resources needed during the COVID-19 pandemic. In a matter of just two weeks, the library saw 1,100 surveys returned to us from community members eager to engage with the library virtually. And as we return to some sort of normal operating com- conditions in our library spaces. As this is a matching grant and we have the funds for the $2.5 million capital grant, we thank you for including the matching funds in the capital budget to continue the plans for expansion, ensuring that we have a certainty of continued library programs, services, and spaces in these most uncertain times. And I thank you for your time tonight. All right, and that's all for our Zoom comments, but we do have some emails, and we also have uh, some to read here at the table. So I'm going to mute us in here and go right back to our room. Good, Mike. All right, our first email comes from Robert Rager. Uh, Just a reminder that Shaw will be paving Maryland 213 Liberty and Commerce Streets through Centerville beginning in early June. Prior to that, we're doing a few ADA ramp sidewalk repairs in town. We certainly understand the need to minimize business impacts as stores and shops begin to reopen. We've been in touch with the town and are aware of the farmer's market going on on May 20th and the need to accommodate drive-up service as much as possible on Wednesdays. We'll adapt paving schedules as best as we can to minimize impacts, but this will be a balancing act as we need to get good productivity once the milling is underway. The public can help in this regard by planning ahead for alternate parking arrangements and obeying all no parking signs when they're posted will likely affect parking on several different occasions for milling, paving, and the final stripping. This shouldn't take long. With good weather, the milling and paving will be done by mid-June, and we can all enjoy a long-awaited smooth ride through Centerville. (laughs) All right. Then we have a couple write-ins also. So this comes from Aaron and Chris Harmon. I am writing in support of the library expansion funding as parents of two children in the QACPS system. The library resources, staff, and events have engaged and taught my children an enormous amount throughout their developing years. It is a huge asset to growing a strong and healthy community. Please vote to fund their expansion. Thank you. This one comes from Sarah Helwig. 
Uh, dear QAC commissioners, I hope you're all healthy and safe in this challenging time. As a QAC resident and parent of three children, I am writing to strongly encourage your support of the financial commitment to dedicate $2.5 million to fund the expansion of Kent Island Library. Over the past 16 years, my family and I have used the Centerville and Kent Island Libraries for, ver for a variety of activities, including toddler story hour, Saturday art activities, reading to Rover, after-school Nike play, one-on-one -on -one SAT tutoring, adult classes on health and wellness, and meetings for our HOA, volunteer organizations, and Girl Scouts. All of my children were excited and proud to get their first library cards in elementary <laughs> school. As an avid reader and a former school psychologist, I value the free access to books and other resources. As a community member, the library has always been a place to gather for local-oriented projects, meetings, and fun. Ken Allen is a thriving community with many opportunities for local involvement. Unfortunately, there are a few community spaces for groups and organizations to meet and grow. Expanding the library to include more space for the myriad of offerings is essential for the well-being of QAC children, families, seniors, and all community members. Please support the dedication of $2.5 million to match state funding to expand the KI library. And our final one of this evening comes from Karen Wimsat. Our library is wonderful, a wonderful resource for everyone from children exploring ideas and adults pursuing lifelong learning. The meeting room is used by many organizations in our community, as well as for various classes for all ages. Please fund the expansion project for our Kent Island Library. And that concludes our public comment. Excellent. So we'll close press and come a comic, go to roundtable, and Jack. I just got one thing. I just want to give a shout out. We have uh, this weekend, for those that in the county that aren't aware, we have a uh, chicken sale taking place to uh, help out the chicken producers here on the shore um, to get the chickens to market number one so um, I, some may have heard that they had a large uh, euthanasia incident that they had to do just because of with all the closures and all and they're finding uh, trouble in the processing plants having a hard time getting the stuff to market so the details are uh, Saturday May 16th which is this Saturday uh, from 9 to 1 it will be pickup will be at Chesapeake College um, I understand they had quite the uh, bevy of orders yesterday. So the um, you can only do pre-order. Um, you can go on Facebook. Uh, I believe it's been shared out just about everywhere. It's uh, frozen boneless thighs are $50 a case. Frozen boneless tenders are $60 a case. They're 40-pound cases with four 10-pound bags in them. So I encourage everybody. Um, it's going to be done alphabetically. Uh, Middletown did it two weeks ago, and... And we're going to try to avoid that, a three-mile backup. But there, apparently there's a lot of people with the name from A to F in Middletown. So was, <laughs> after that, it apparently smoothed out. So uh, I think they're going to try and separate it out a little bit. So I encourage everybody to get some chicken if you got room in the freezer and fill them up. Excellent. Mr. Wilson? Yeah, well, I think I'd like to remark on something a little different than chickens. And that's our, <laughs> that is our... Uh, uh, positives count in the county, which has been dramatically worse this week. About a week ago, we were at 70, and we're now 115, which is not a good number. But I would like to assure the community that that is not our population. A great number of this condition came from a very small select group of immigrant-type workers in the north part of the county, and that Generally speaking, we've maintained an extremely good count amongst our general population that we at this point have still zero deaths and one or two hospitalizations, which is outstanding for 50,000 people. But the number has risen 
really at an alarming rate, but that results from testing of the state in a particular population and is not reflective of our general state. Excellent. End of speech. Thank you. Commissioner Duval. A couple things. Um, one, to our graduating seniors at both our high schools. Um, I know this has been a difficult year for them, for sure. Some rites of passage um, obviously have been denied. Things that you work hard for 12 years to get to that point. Um, and an expectation you have to be able to walk across a stage or have some semblance of a graduation ceremony. Um, most of the parents of our graduating seniors in Queen Anne's County received a letter um, that the travel restriction um, has been amended for families to graduate or take their seniors to uh, their graduation ceremonies. Um, no details yet as to exactly what um, Queen Anne's County Board of Education and Dr. Kane is going to do for our seniors, but there is a plan that they're working on and the details of that plan will come out. So to those senior parents out there and those seniors that are graduating, hang in there, we're working on something for you. The other item that I wanted to, to make everybody aware of is obviously our volunteer fire companies have fundraisings through crab feasts and bull and oyster roasts and things of that nature. And because those, because of the restrictions and social distancing issues that we have with COVID-19, a lot of those firehouses have not been able to do those fundraisers. So if you live in a community, a planned community that has an HOA, perhaps you might want to consider um, making a donation to the firehouse in the first due call area of your community. Certainly something to consider to help them get through these times where they can't do any fundraising, yet when we need them, they still answer that bell. That's all I have. Thank you very much. Commissioner Corcorino. Yeah, um, so I heard today that Camp Wright um, is not gonna be having camp session this summer. Um, I think there are, we will be hearing about other camps that are gonna be closing this summer. Um, as far as parks and recs, a lot of ours are done through the schools, and we don't know if school buildings will allow the access for that. So I think something that I would like us to look at is parents have been home a lot with their kids already, and looks like they're going to be home with them a lot longer. Um, any sort of distance camp that we could come up with in conjunction maybe with some other counties where even if it's an hour of something that they can log into, you know, a cooking class or something that the kids can do to keep them active, sure. mm -hmm. uh, mentally stimulated. It would seem to me that mm -hmm. we're not alone in this boat. And if you're going to be streaming through the internet, it's something that we might be able to do with some of the other jurisdictions to sort of share some of that cost and come up with something to keep the kids entertained so that the parents who are home with them have some time to get some work done. <laughs> Speaking from personal experience. Chris, what it, when you talked to Camp Wright, was it, it was strictly a financial thing or that, that, that they I couldn't got get email. the numbers there to, I mean, to make, in other words, if they got 50% of their, and again, this is a question we say to most businesses, you yeah. have to make the call on it. If you can only get 50% capacity, is that enough to make money? But is that what it was, that they didn't, they didn't feel like they could get the capacity there, even exercising social distancing? I haven't or? spoke with them, got an email from them. I got to believe that, it's just the regulations that they just can't have it from the governor's office, from the, just from. So you can't even I mean, because they're, they're. That's a camp. That well, they, so I think the governor's office hasn't said yes or no on it but yet. He, but he, they're concerned about what, what restrictions will be in place or not. And that, correct. So they're worried about health issues, obviously. It's very hard with kids to have 
activities with social distancing if you have a large group of kids. You'd have to have more counselors. Overnight camp, obviously, would be a whole other story that's even more difficult. But I'm thinking day camps. But for for the day camps, I think they're worried about um, are they going to be able to keep up on sanitizing areas? Uh, Are they even going to be – what numbers are they going to be limited to? Can they even get staff to do it? So I think they looked at a whole host of things, and some of the camps have already started saying we're not going to be able to do this. Um, it's not going to work from a financial perspective as well as from a safety perspective. And I think we'll hear more camps, unfortunately. I think more camps will do that. I heard from another, my daughters that rolled a soccer camp across the bridge. They also said that they may need to close as well for the summer. So even doing it in like shifts or anything like that hasn't even, they haven't talked about anything. Like that. I just think if anybody's out there that's got any ideas, I think sharing them at this point with any of these activities like this would be great, especially since we're hopefully going to get into a somewhat of a relaxed and a more uh, progressively opening up stage here that if you have ideas for some of these ideas to, to meet Commissioner Corcorino's needs over there. It's, it's, or if you need three, if you need three young interns, I, I have three children who are you know, happy to go intern this summer. The seven-year-old is very active. She can help. But there's a lot of parents in that position, and, and it's been hard. And it's going to hurt the job the market, too. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, it's one thing to say get back to work, but if you have kids who are too young to be left home alone, you can't just go back to work. And... I was reading an article in Italy where, you know, their parents are they're bringing the kids to the grandparents' house where they're not supposed to be because the grandparents should be quarantining themselves. So it's going to be a very difficult couple of months throughout the summer. So yeah. if there are things that we can come up with some creative ideas to give them something to do so they're just not watching the TV all day long, so there's something to stimulate them. We'll do. Or I'll just send them all over to Commissioner Moran's pool for Bring the day. Him. Bring them. As long as they know how to swim. Bring them. They'll learn. There you go. So That's right. Um, you know, I was, I've was i been fortunate enough the last couple of weeks to get on the conference call with the governor of uh, what's going on. And, and I think that uh, tomorrow night he has a press conference at 5 o'clock. And I think it's going to finally be some, some good news. Uh, you know, I think, you know, the counties are going to be able to have their own autonomy to an extent. And, uh, you know, We'll wait and see what he says tomorrow, but uh, I think it, what's, what I worry about now, to listen to what you said, Chris, is that, you know, even if you start bringing businesses back online, if the daycares aren't there right. or those daycares aren't allowed to open yet, I mean, it's just, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a strange road that everybody's going to have to travel. Yeah, I've heard from some of these daycare centers, and even with doing reduced students, right. they're losing money. Right. So, and, and they could and lose money for a couple reopen months. reopen anyway. But some of them might not reopen. Some might have to close and not reopen. And, and that's where the, that's where the problem comes. Well, but you know that. So that brings the economic problem of that is that you know. So those those people that have incurred the debt, they still got rent. They still got utilities, and then they they shut down and they file bankruptcy. So or whatever the case may be, it, the entrepreneurs that see the need for daycare that don't have that debt because they didn't weren't in business now come in and start up. So. I think you're going to see some changeovers, you know, different be. different businesses in the same location owned by different people and or just reopening. I'm, I'm just hoping nobody knows. I mean, you know, you, you're not getting any definite answers. I know that they're working on rules and regulations. Uh, commerce for the state is, is going to have a little handout, but we have Dr. Ciotola, uh, you know, so I'm, we're, I'm hoping that uh, PRS hopefully will be able to get open here by next monday at the very latest so we'll, we'll see we, we we asked we hoped so 
So right now, we don't know how much autonomy they're going to give us. Well, they're going to. Well, you, you, we still have to stay within the, uh, the phases. Phase one. Yeah, phase, phase one. one. But you know, and what that means is more than likely the larger counties aren't going to start with phase one, but the more smaller counties, rural counties, that have a, a much better track record, uh, will be able to start on phase one and as much of phase one as you want to do it or as little as you want to do. So just because he's, you know, they're not, he's not going to come out and say, we're in phase one. Everybody follow phase one. He's going to come out and say, counties, you know your counties better than I do. You're in phase one, you know, between your health department and we have inspectors, mm -hmm. you know, that can help. And, you know, I'm hoping that this portion of it, if you live in Queen Anne's County and you work in Queen Anne's County, then go back to work. Back to work. Get, get get open, go back to work, and, you know, we're going to have to start feeling, because there's going to be issues, you know. There's, and, uh, but so so, so uh, could a county, um, say, move to phase two quicker than other counties? In no, other words... Not not yet. Well, yes, because if, if certain counties don't open up to phase one, right, say, say, say Montgomery County doesn't ever go to phase and one, right, and right, we're obviously. basically meeting the numbers for phase two. We could move to phase two while... Well, he hasn't, he hasn't come out and said that yet, but we would lobby for that, to say, look, at here right. we are, here's our track record. That makes sense. Right. If we're, if we're meeting because we've got to remember, once we go to phase two, or whoever goes to phase two, and somebody else is just starting phase one, you got to watch out for the bleed over. So, cross so, yeah, cross so, pollination. I got you. you know, there's there's always going to be issues, but I'm 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 praying that June gets here and it gets warmer. It's supposed to be 80 and the numbers Friday. really start to tank and things will loosen up and we can get back to some normalcy. So that's all I got. Oh oh, let's one other thing. Okay. Yeah, Jonathan, I'm kind of interested, and I think the other commissioners would be that we are proceeding through our budget process and so far just relying on stabilization fund where I'm interested whether other counties are having to go into rainy day or do tax increases and I think it'd be kind of nice to hear. They're all pro hoping and praying that, that the federal government bails them out. There's a lot of rainy days. Yeah. But they've got to make a budget. They can't Correct. live on that prayer. Yeah. So you want me to tell you? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I was going to say there's, I, they, they put out a list. Yeah. Well, I did a survey today. Good man. Head of the um, game. Somebody did tax increases. It was a big one. Was it Montgomery? They were um, so the question was, did counties, were counties using some type of reserves, not necessarily rainy day fund, but some type of reserves? Carroll County said no. Prince George's County, yes, is using $63 million in reserves. Um, which is about 3% of their budget. For us, it would be equivalent to about four to five million. Talbot County is using 6.7 million from fund balance. Hartford County is using 27.4 million. Washington County is not using it. Baltimore City is not for FY21, but they are using rainy day funds for FY20, current year. Uh, Kent County, no, they're not. Howard County is using 7.5 million in contingency reserves for FY21. So that was eight. I talked to eight. Half of them are using some type of reserves. Hmm. And five, if you include FY20. But a couple of those, like Washington County, they raised their income piggyback last year to 3-2. So this year would be the tax year they would see that bump. They wouldn't have necessarily got it all last year, you know what I mean? So that may be offsetting them enough for this year because they did raise their, 
And somebody else did that you just read off, took it to 3-2 out of those. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Carol. I think Carol's at 3-2 now. So that's what I'm saying. That when you take that income tax, you don't see that bump that year you do it necessarily. You see it the next year mm -hmm. when it, the revenue comes in. So, When is our next budget meeting? Uh, it is June the... June 1st? June 2nd? June 2nd, right? Yeah. So we so don't we meet again on the budget until June 2nd? What's that? We don't meet on the budget again until June 2nd? You have a, well, you have a public hearing on the 26th, two weeks from tonight. So let, let's, let's, let's meet and go before that hearing. Okay. Let's have one more work session. We'll have another work session. Yeah. Like. Um, so that, the, the, that meeting, the, the hearing is, a, what day of the week is that? Tuesday. Tuesday. So it's a do next Tuesday. normal Tuesday meeting. Yeah. yeah Tuesday, so so weeks. let's do it next Tuesday. Before that, next next Tuesday. Yeah. How about, yeah then we have Tuesday, Wednesday. Five p.m. Excuse me. Then that Wednesday we have the hearing. Tuesday's the. Next no, we don't have. That was an optional hearing. Oh, wasn't? Well, I thought you. Had Tuesday, that. Yeah, that was. We have nothing next week, so yeah. we could do it next. Yeah, week. nothing next week. Tuesday, so next five o'clock. Yeah, five o'clock. Okay. We'll do a work session. We'll go through the the grants. We'll go to see what you got for the capital. And uh, we'll hash it out and get it finalized. Okay. Okay. And then that way that'll be done for the following Tuesday where you can put out what we actually do. Right. We're actually hoping for. Right. Okay. Work for you? Next yeah. five o'clock? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. So you want to yep. release this budget then? Yeah, you can, you can release it, but we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead. and If you need to release it to make things flow, go ahead and release it. And next Tuesday we'll... We'll nail it down some more and, and get it where we want it and then go through the hearings and hopefully after that be done. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. So um, I think we would be remiss if we didn't send out a big quick thank you. Mike, if you don't mind putting the camera on Bruce and Brittany over there, to thank them for helping us get through our meeting, Brittany from our finance department, then and obviously Bruce from QAC Channel 7 for helping out tonight. Thank you very much, you two. Bruce, the man behind the mic. That's right. <laughs> and Brittany, the woman behind the numbers. That's right. We, all, we also have Chris in the hallway. He helped. Ah, oh, that's right. Chris is yeah. in the hallway. Chris, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> is that true? Very good. All right. Anything else? <laughs> Seeing none, motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. Second. All in favor? All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you.